Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we are back for our first show of the new year. 2021 has already kicked in full gear. So we're going to do that too. Episodes 26 and 27. This is this is a really big set of episodes. I think probably the biggest so far, I would say. Sure. Yeah, with uh, maybe like the episode with Kamiomon and Wemon and all that. Maybe a bit bigger, but these are these are these are exciting episodes, put it that way. Definitely. <laughs> so I think that uh this episode these episodes get kind of strange so we're going to run around oh, as we watch our friends change into power let's kick it up uh because we're going digital because hey digimon is cool to talk about so here we go did you rehearse that <laughs> i look we did it we did the the, the japanese <laughs> op1 like on our last episode so i've been workshopping this for like a week don't no, no. Don't judge I, I see. Me. It's like it's like bookends. No it, it took me. It's, it took it's me it's, it's like poetry. It's it, it rhymes. It, it rhymes. Every every stanza <laughs> rhymes after the last one. Oh god. All yeah. Right. Exactly. No, let's not. Uh, let's not let's, <laughs> we need to get. We need to start the new year off on the right foot. And uh, yeah, that's how is that, that not on the right foot? Uh, yeah, Good, like, did I, you, I don't have to. This that. is this is to- totally off topic. But did you did you, did you folks see that? Um, Hard drive, drive publish a, yep. a yeah a, a joke article about how Harrison Ford wants to murder George Lucas, and then some other publication re, like reposted it unironically. No, but that sounds great. <laughs> Hard drive, Tai Chi Kamiya. I want to murder Jedi. I think about all the ways I can kill him. I want to murder Hamesaban. <laughs> Parody. Parody. Ha- Hamesaban. Okay, update. Hamesaban still hasn't followed me, so. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that throughout the year. I'm sure we won't. He's never he, going to follow me. He saw the last episode, and uh, he's, you he's need like, to, you just send to send to him your pictures of your Italian sandwiches. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so, <laughs> episode twenty six. Uh, yes, episode twenty six. Uh, let's kick it off uh, with a um, yeah, Tom. It's let's kick it up. Let's kick That's it up. Song Sorry. Name. Let's kick it up. <laughs> Thank you. Let's kick it up. There we go. Um, <laughs> This is episode 26, United We Stand. And this episode picks up where we left off with the, you know, continuing efforts to rebuild the digital world after the wreckage of of, uh, the Digimon Emperor's reign. This so has uh, the team building a bridge, and then Arakunimon, or is that her name? Arakunimon? Yeah, yeah. Arakunimon. She... Yeah, yeah. So she's like, you know, just sort of menacing and just being like, you know, who I'm evil, and then turns a control spire into a uh, new Digimon called Minotaurumon, who is you're the ox baby, twenty twenty one. You're the oh wow, we really are kicking it off thematically. Yeah, you're the ox, right? So yeah, it's just big Minotaur with a chain gun on its arm. So it's very Doom and very very into its design, and he basically shows up to wreck the bridge. And they quickly figure out he's not real, he's a control spy, at which point, you know, their eyes turn red and they're all in kill mode. So they do eventually take it out, although it's a bit of a bit of a battle as Rajamon takes three beatings, which is hilarious. And they do, uh, yeah, so they do get knocked around a bit, but they do eventually take it out. And it, it kind of dampens their spirits a bit. Davis 
quickly goes back on the case of, hey, we should have Ken here helping us with this because, you know, he's an all right guy and, you know, he clearly knows what he's doing and that and Cody and the rest are very much like, no, um, no, no, thank you, despite the last episode. So, you know, fair enough. So they're still, they still have their doubts. However, they quickly find themselves in a situation where they realise there is a horrible situation going down where Ken's base previously crashed into the ground. Basically, it's threatening to blow and the amount of energy and so on that's stored in there, if it blows up, it will be a extremely bad scene. So they don't want that to happen. So they go to show, the, the team show up there and they're very much like, okay, how do we approach this? Davis reckons that the best way to do this is to go and get the crest of kindness and put it back. You know, the, the base the base was powered previously by Ken's crest of kindness. Ergo, there must be some way to use that to stop this thing from going sky high. So Davis is like, we're calling Ken. And he just kind of takes the initiative and says, right, where's Ken? Izzy is the one who ends up having to call Ken from the real world. And sure enough, Ken is, you know... While Izzy calls Ken, Ken is currently engaged in a conversation with Ari Kunimon, who has appeared on his TV to troll him, basically. Uh, you know, she's basically talking loads of shit about him. She's basically doing the digital equivalent of of uh, knocking on the door and running away. And he's not happy. So he's, he's like questioning her, why, you should leave me alone. You should, be, what, what do you want me? You're just using me. And she's, you know, very much like, uh, I'm evil. Where Mon picks up the phone at last, talks to Izzy, and he and Ken eventually, uh, you know, make haste back to the digital world, meet up with the others to help stop this explosion from going down. So they end up coming across Arakunimon, who catches up with them. She turns a whole bunch of control spires at once into one ultimate Digimon called... Whose name I should have written down? Uh, (laughs) Okuwamon. Okuwamon, there we go. He's basically like a big metal version of, like... The, the one from the very first episode, Quagamon. He has that same yeah, type of vibe. Yeah, I think, I think this is canonically the evolution of Quagamon. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he looks very similar. So so they're fighting him. He's basically making short work of all the Digimon in their champion and armor forms. They can't really stand up to him. When Ken comes on the scene with Stingmon, you know, they do they fare a little bit better, but Ken and Davis basically get to talking about, you know, Ken being very much like, oh, woe is me, I should I should be doing this myself, it's my fight, It's I have to clean up my own mess, it's the only way to redeem myself. And David is basically like, shut the hell up. <laughs> and, and then they, uh, and then suddenly something clicks and their Digimon DNA digivolve together, marking the first appearance of Digimon Fusion. Uh, no, not the, not the TV show, uh, I'm talking about the fusion of Digimon. So, DNA Digivolution the makes good its one. first appearance as <laughs> the good one, yeah, the good type of Digimon fusion. Um, as uh, Stigmon and XVmon, don't know how I forgot his name, uh, turn into Paeldromon. That's not, not Paeldromon, Paeldromon. And yeah, and that's where the episode ends, on a cliffhanger. So, exciting stuff. Um, I thought this was a pretty decent episode. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's maybe it's, it's like, cool it's... and it's pretty darn dramatic too. Yeah, it's I, it's got that feeling of in the first series the um, what was it called the prophecy I think, where it's um, like where it ends oh, off on the the warp ev- warp digivolutions. Yeah, yeah, it has. I think it's the first time they've done anything like that. In yeah. This ser- oh, so yeah. In, in this series where they end on a digivolution, so um, I thought that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. 
I felt this one was maybe stretched a little thin because like there is a fair bit that happens in this but you basically you've got the bridge fight you've got Ken kind of having a conversation with Arikunimon I mean like the kids are like watching the thing about to blow up but that's kind of like background noise the main the main scene is really Ken and Arikunimon kind of having their verbal exchange uh, and then you have him you know you have the fight at the end well the first part of the fight anyway against Akuamon um, so I don't know there, there were some parts where I felt this was maybe stretched a little thin like specifically thinking about like the exchanges between um, I, I kind of I kind of found it kind of fun with uh, Ken just ranting at Arakunimon while the phone's ringing in the background <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how, how, how would that not drive you crazy um, like they should have had some scene in there where just like Ken snapping and saying like pick up the bloody phone <laughs> Something, but I guess I guess that will be going backwards uh, in, in his character development um, yeah, but, and some of their exchanges were just very much like, okay, you're saying a lot, but like it's not going anywhere, so this could this scene could be a bit shorter or something. But uh, other than that, yeah, Arakenimon is just like kind of like messing around, basically. Yeah, she, she's having, she, she's yucking yeah, it up. She, she's trolling. She's trolling. She's re- she reveals nothing of any value. Like I guess I guess maybe this is like a more concrete more more concrete evidence that Ken wasn't in his right mind or whatever. But I feel like that's been we, we've been through that. He's been stated. Like, we, know, the, we know what the deal with Ken was. So The most significant thing in that scene is the confirmation. Like, it's kind of foreshadowing, but also confirmation that Ken is not unique. Like, there's multiple people that she could have used as the, like, yeah. the pawn that she needed. I, I guess so, yeah. It's kind of bringing that, him down yeah. to size. That won't come into play for, like, another like, ten episodes or so. But yeah, like, the idea that Ken is not a unique phenomenon and that he, you know, what made him special is not, like, lightning in a bottle. Is is something that we need, we need to keep in mind moving forward. But okay, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess the main thing of this episode was the DNA digivolution, which I kind of felt was I was surprised to see this early, um, because I just figured we've just got the champion forms. Like literally, last episode was was um, Equilamon, uh, that the first person of Equilamon, right? So yeah. we have we yeah, it it felt it feels very sudden. It does, and they're they're accelerating the power creep so hard because, like, obviously, like the the franchise tradition is that only the two main characters get, you know, the highest level of evolution. Like that that's yes. a pattern that would not be broken until uh, Savers and technically Tamers. Yeah, Tamers. Tamers does it too. Yeah, I I, I would argue that uh, Gauntlet Crimson counts as like you know main character uh, yeah. privilege in that regard. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think it's. Dis- I think that's di- not to get into that chat too much, but I think that's distinctive of where it's like more just like a oh he's the main character so he gets a cool thing, but like it's not like a thing that the others would. It doesn't trivialize the others completely. Yeah. Okay. Exactly, well, let me rephrase yeah. that. It won't. It won't be until Savers that everyone ends the series on the exact same power level. <laughs> okay. True. True. So- true. Sorry to get pedantic on you, but. <laughs> Look, if we can't be pedantic on this on this podcast, yeah, about, exactly. Like, twenty year old digi- twenty year old TV show for children, then I don't know what we can be pedantic. About. Exactly. <laughs> so have you like how many times have you dubbed over <laughs> me invoking that? I sure Boy, hope I really someone hope got fired for that fired bonder. For that you, have, yeah, exactly. you have well, you have well earned the right to be pedantic. <laughs> it's fun. Um, yes. But okay, yeah, exactly. it just it just feels like they're getting the the you know the leg up on that. They already know that you know well, we got to give them a, a, another form in ten episodes, so we might as well get this started. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, so that's kind of the thing, though, because, like, I know that we get the DNA forms for, um, you know, it was a, a TK and Cody get one, and then uh, girls get one, Kari and Yoda. Uh, TK and but... Cody's get theirs very late, I feel like. Yeah, they get theirs, like, yeah, they get theirs, like, pretty, pretty well into what was supposed to be the final arc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they get theirs, but, well, I guess that explains, that answers my question, because I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, we get those two, and then we get uh, obviously Imperial Draman, and that has two different forms and so on. But like, yeah, that's kind of it. Imperial Draman has two there's different no... forms, which are counted as, which are treated like an evolution when he, when he enters fighter mode for the first time. But it's it's a slide yeah. evolution. We ain't we see your game, Imperial Draman. <laughs> you ain't slick. <laughs> technically, technically, these are all slide forms if you think about it, because it's like no, there. That's a there's there's a a because. And this is the next the, episode thing. They say they're on ultimate level. It's not oh, like yeah, two champions I, I just mushed together. I always think of the of the like the ranks or the or the levels or whatever you want to call it as like more of like a hierarchy rather than an actual like. Because I think a lot about Angemon in, in his form, at least how he originally is, um, being stronger than a lot of ultimate form Digimon, God, yeah. or like you know Gatamon who can probably in most cases be clowned on by a lot of champion Digimon, so Yeah. Speaking of Anjumon, the, the retcon they give him in this episode physically hurts me. I love that scene. No, is it that's like... that's next episode I thought. Or is, is it, it next episode? episode? I thought it was I, I thought think, it was I think it's this one. No, it's, it's have... this episode. I am looking at the, the wiki and it lists Anjumon's appearance, so that's yeah. my bad. We have the champion forms all show up here, yeah. I love this scene because it's like it's such it's so emblematic of like this series's approach to like specifically O2's approach to what it will explain and what it won't explain. So like in the same scene, you have Angemon showing up and getting one shot by uh, by Akuamon, who yes is the champ, an ultimate Digimon, but ultimately he's five of these nasty control spies merged into one or whatever it is merged into one Digimon. Like he's gonna ten. be. Is it ten? Jesus. So yeah, that's. A lot. That's a lot of power. It kind of makes sense why he'd be that powerful. But it's like, okay, it's kind of an L for Angemon. It's kind of like continuing his decreased relevance. And then you have the team explaining, oh, well, his power is most effective against evil Digimon. This isn't even a Digimon. It's like, well, it is. It's just not <laughs> alive. It's not I a guess. natural Digimon. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it just, yeah, it, it's just such a weird explanation for why he's he's suddenly so much weaker. If they said <laughs> like, oh, fight. like his power is most effective against like demonic Digimon or like something like that, then like, okay, I can work with that. But it's like this thing's pretty evil, my guy. <laughs> they, they could, yeah, true, yeah. Well, well, I mean, you could make a distinction there between like what's a what, you know, monsters versus evil or whatever it's like you know animal like wild animals I have, of course i have no idea no why time when, in this you show. Said, when you said monsters versus my brain was prepping the word aliens right away <laughs> hell yes i'm not i've not seen that film uh, i can't speak to that um it's like it's like a dt i don't know why my brain fixates on dt or yeah. dreamworks movies while we're trying to podcast <laughs> but that's just a a look into now, the inner workings of my mind if we were talking I mean, about over the head what else then we might have something but we're not so <laughs> um or shrek um Anyway, um, well, getting the... getting spicy. Shrek has a D tier DreamWorks movie. <laughs> I want to say uh, the reason. The re... No, okay, stop. <laughs> the reason behind this. Sorry, what... I didn't finish before about the scene, so I just want to finish this off before I forget. The thing here is that they explain so much about like Angemon is like, well, they don't spend that much time in it, but it's like Angemon comes out, Angemon takes the L, 
they're like, oh, Angemon is powerful against this, and he, that's not that, so he dies. Um, but Angiwormon, do you just have this scene with Gatamon saying, like, God, I wish I could become Angiwormon, and it's just kind of like, why can't you? <laughs> like, you don't explain. Oh, it's depressing. explained Ob- next Ob- episode. I have been saying this for weeks, <laughs> and we finally get to see it next episode. Obviously. You gotta wait next, but, yeah. another hour, yes, and then we can episode. get there. And then <laughs> I can scream about where it's like they, I don't want to get too much into the next episode, but they treat that reveal like it's something that we should have known. Oh, oh no, 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 sorry. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. They, they treat it like it's something that they have been like foreshadowing it or something like that. Like there was a big reveal coming up. That's not the case. They just they just, they've just had this not be a thing. This is the yeah, first well, time I've actually I think they've actually directly addressed the ultimates can't happen. And it's we'll, we'll get there. Like, yo, we'll, huh? we'll get there when we get there. But that is that is probably the most frustrating retcon in this entire show. To yeah, me. it's. I'm going to scream about it so much. So let's wait for that because I have so many words. I have so many words for this. I maybe have more generous thoughts, but yeah, let's leave it. But in this in this episode, I just found that that bit of dialogue so distracting. I think is the thing. It's just like, uh, well, hang on, because I already had a lot of questions about like why earlier in the episode they don't just use Angemon, you know, like Angemon. Angemon should be coming out at every single opportunity, and every single time they don't do it, it baffles me. Like, even even earlier in this episode where you have uh, the fight with uh, Minotaurumon, and um, Davis is like, yeah, let's go get him, and then he just he, he makes Vimon go into Rajumon. It's like, what? No. You've, we've already established that ex-Vimon kind of is more powerful than even the other two forms. Like, like there's no this isn't like SS, Super Saiyan three or whatever where you've got a, like an energy cost or something like that. You can just use that more. <laughs> like go for it. So anyway, well, we got to see Aquilamon I, I, I just at least, to... and Aquilamon's still really cool. Yeah, Aquilamon. Yeah, that's the thing because that's like then the Aquilamon shows up and it's like, oh, so you can do this. It's not like there's a control spider by or anything. Like you can just do this. So what's going on? Anyway, these these are like the things where I'm just kind of like. They don't explain. It's like they're very selective about what they do explain and what they don't, and uh, and when they choose to explain that stuff. And I just find it a bit like, again, distracting more than like I think it actually drags the quality down. If that yeah, makes sense, it's something. So. It's something that you would never notice as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, yeah, that's a very weird intentional decision that the show made. Yeah, because you're listening to every single thing they say, and like you know, fully processing it. Whereas, well, maybe. You're kid doesn't do it in the same way <laughs> so or they're more selective about what they can look over and whatever because critical thinking is not quite there yet as a kid just i just wanted about... to see the neat monsters yeah, exactly, kids, are just yeah. less, kids are just less brain poisoned than we are <laughs> well that's true but you know i i don't I, I like the show enough i guess to uh, to question these things <laughs> yeah oh, i mean yeah that's honestly, why we're doing yeah. this podcast i think yeah the reason why we yes. ask these questions is because we respect this show on its own yeah, terms. Yes. And, like, you know, we're willing to be, like, our suspension of disbelief is such that we're willing to excuse yeah. a lot of, like, pretty silly stuff, but when stuff gets, like, arbitrarily silly, that's when we start to, you know... Yeah, I wouldn't questions. even... I like to say, this isn't... This isn't none, none of this stuff is deal-breaker. I think it just stands out, because otherwise, this episode was just a fairly, like... I think I think the show, in the last few episodes, or let's say, like, since episode, like, 19 or something, has really got into a swing of, like, you know, it's it's established its team dynamics, you know, and it's continuing to build them. They're not perfect. No, they're not. I wouldn't say they're as good as 
the adventures original ones was but the you know they're, they're in a good place right now with the fight with the five kids and the and the soon to be sixth kid but the you know it's it's gotten to a decent swing where i'm kind of enjoying the like the pacing and such and the tone and so on that the episodes are striking like there's a good mix between here's this thing you know here's this action scene and here's this debate about <laughs> like mini debates about morality and stuff and like redemption and these kind of things which is which is which is pretty fun it, it's got it's got a vibe i'm appreciating um so and and this episode is very much on that on that on that uh on that uh, trend i guess yeah on that trend as well so mm-hmm. uh, i like that i think despite you know the the debut of an amazing amazing mechanic like i I think DNA Digivolution, or, or uh, Jogress as it's called in Japanese, Hate which is that a term. absolutely preposterous combination of joint and progress. That's why I hate it. It makes I it sound of... like I'm going for it. I'm just going to go for a Jogress real quick. I'm uh, going to stop by the market. You want me to bring back a bagel or anything? I, I kind of love it for that reason. It's so it's so silly. It just sounds so good. Like It's one of those like extremely anime terms that you you would only get from this show. Jogress sounds like a really, like, it just sounds like a delivery startup or something. It's like, <laughs> or, or some, it has that vibe of like a, of like a really naff app that you, that goes defunct after like nine months. Like, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like, yeah. a, like, like what Bojack Horseman would use as a parody of like a tech startup <laughs> app or something. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a DoorDash, <laughs> um, uh, piss take or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I'm, um, yeah, because like, like we have we have one in the UK called Deliveroo. I don't know if that's the US thing as well. Deliveroo, um, Deliveroo, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we have like Uber Eats and and one that's literally just called Just Eat, which you fair enough. But like, yeah, there's one called Deliveroo. <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay, talk about just mashing up two words together. I always forget what Drogress actually stands for as well, which means as, as like a portmanteau or whatever. It, it's terrible. It doesn't work. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd really remember. Um, yeah. Okay, Scrafty. I have, I've been. I have this question. I had it last night. Uh, if you both don't mind me uh, bringing this up, but there's the scene early on when Ken and Warmon are looking at the control spires, and they're like, kind of like a, cracking way too many jokes. Ken's like, "Oh, this makes me sick to my stomach." Warmon's like, "Okay, just stick your head between your knees and take a deep breath." <laughs> and I'm like, "This is not how it was in the sub," and I need to know how much more serious it was in the sub because it was like i'm just like this is a complete farce at this point it was it was <laughs> it's very serious in the sub like they <laughs> i'm glad you asked this because I, I actually wrote some of these lines down because it's a bit heavy um where like ken he realizes that all of his like genius intelligence was was sucked out when he lost his his kaiser like powers essentially yeah um, like this, it was the, with the implication that this is like you know forbidden knowledge that he he received as part of this like Faustian bargain essentially, and um, so Warren asks him like how uh, how do you, do you know how these work? And then Ken says no, I I knew before, but I I don't now. I don't understand why this knowledge has left me. And then he kind of like looks up at the the spire and says, uh, I wish I could understand it again. And then. Warmon gets really worried and says, Ken, do you want to be the Kaiser again? And he goes, no, I don't mean it like that. But and then he says, back then there was a clarity in my mind that made me feel like I could understand anything. But I couldn't understand the most important thing. And there's only one thing that I can understand now. And it's like, that's, wow. that's really heavy <laughs> for a scene like this. Yeah, and it makes me bummed that we don't get it. Because, like, 
that's good and it would make sense to to bring up because he does talk about like he's like for some reason like i don't know how this works now type of thing but he doesn't get into it like deeper than that he says he says but nothing makes sense to me now so it's like they get into that but then they're just like let's throw in some funny haha jokes that'll get the kids laughing I, what it's consistent with what's come before, because like Wimon is obviously the comic relief, and also I, I do kind of legitimately appreciate him as like a way more laid back character compared to like Ken's, you know, before when he was uh, a maniac and like he was, you know, Wimon was very much like the, you know, the voice of reason, although kind of oh, yeah. impossible to actually be the voice of reason. And now when Ken's like in like oh what was me mode, it's like he he's very much like oh come on just. Lighten up a bit, <laughs> like uh, so. I, I, I mean, appreciate I, I that. Do, but... I do appreciate that, but at the same time, it feels like it's undercutting a lot. Yeah, the exchange that's that um Scrafty's just described there is way more like um. Well, it's far. It's it's a lot more different than, than I was expecting. Like I can see how some of that is kept for like the door, but it's not like as um... it's not given the same gravity. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's, miss, it's missing some of the like context there as well of like what. Ken's actually sort of thinking. I do think I feel like some of this stuff comes up again when he's talking to Avakuni Mom over the computer, and he, like, when I say it comes up again, I mean it kind of appears in the dub because he's obviously talking about how, you know, um, it's his creations and stuff, all that, and Avakuni Mom's mocking him for like being so full of himself or whatever. When you know, how how would he know any different? He they are they are his in his mind. Um, so some of that, yeah, which makes it all the more strange that those elements don't make it into the dub version in the yeah. in this scene we're talking about now. So. Also, so something else I noted in that scene in the in the dub, Ken calls her Arukenimon. She has not said her name out loud yet. Yeah, <laughs> like he just knows that <laughs> he has the script. Yeah, wait, wait, that? is that the script? When does he do that? So when when they're talking about the um the, no, like no, the control no, 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 sorry. I mean, in the which version? Which in the version dub only. In the dub only. Oh, <laughs> that's not even notice that. <laughs> I yeah, just know says, what she's called. He says, so "I don't." Guess. Yeah, he says, "I don't understand how Ari Kenimon can take one of my control spires and turn it into a monster." It's that's like, right. You don't know her name. Why are you talking? Like you haven't even met her yet, <laughs> like in person. They didn't even notice that she's a Digimon. <laughs> like, yeah, they just keep calling her that woman, or or or, or my favorite thing, uh, that chick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, like, uh, that, that one part when when Cody calls her that white chick, it's like I know you mean her hair, but like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I thought I thought he said white, white chicks just, uh, starring. Yes. Oh god. Even oh if he said god. white haired, I like this more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um, can yeah, I can I, I say no, real I, quick? Yeah, uh, oh it. no, sorry. Go ahead. I was I, just gonna say Arukenimon's a baddie, and I'm simping, Your Honor. <laughs> Don't, don't don't say that. We're going to get banned from Twitch if you keep saying that word. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. My, so I'm, I'm going to edit that out with some uh, dolphin noises or something. <laughs> edit it out and just say uh, she's your, your, your pog champ. Wait, no, shit. You can't say that either. No, I uh, can't use that. Just, just say, she's my... Just I'm say, her little Komodo hype. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you're her resident sleeper. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm her, I'm her fragrance. No sense. <laughs> she, she makes you Bible thump real good. She does. Histori- historians are going to unearth this podcast on like a hard drive in 5,000 years and they're just going to be like, wow, language was, language was much different back in the, back in the, <laughs> back in the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just building off of what you said before, I do I do think that Wormwand's a great comic relief in this episode. I think my favorite moment in an episode full of pretty darn good moments is is when he answers the phone at Ken's house. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, that's so good. Like it's Davis on the other end, but can you imagine if it no, wasn't? It's Izzy. If it was, oh sorry, it's Izzy on the other end. But like, can you imagine if it wasn't? Like, if it was one of like his parents' friends or something? Yeah, he's like, that seems, I'm, that can you do really the impression? Funny, can you say I'm the Digimon or whatever he says? <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, he just, he just like I can't imagine. Yeah, he just called the Itchy Joji house and then just, you know, you've reached the Wormwand hotline. That's a number at the tone. <laughs> I really don't like your. Don't forget your SSN and the three and the three numbers on the back of your card. <laughs> I really like. Wormwand will get right back to you right away. You can help <laughs> us defeat the Digimon Kaiser by sending us your credit card number. Why? Why is Wormon just Krusty the Clown now? Like I don't, I don't understand why. Um, I really like that scene just because it's like immediately Izzy figures out who it is. Like you can tell in the sub, it's probably something along the lines of like, oh, um, you know, he picks up the phone and says, "Sorry, Ken's not available." And then Izzy's like, "Wait, is that Wormon?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> like is that is that pretty much how it goes down in in the uh, in the sub? Yeah, I think he he picks it up. He says like uh, he says Ken Chan can't talk right now, and he just goes one one. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I I like the yeah I like the see the dubs yeah the good dubs at, very like, funny elevating those kind of moments or or seeing maybe this is being a bit too generous, but like seeing the comedy potential in those uh, in those sorts of scenes. Um, whereas I well, it's more more likely it's just it's just trying to find a gag out of anything it can. And, Sometimes it's actually works in context. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, sometimes I really the dub does, I really like that. Sometimes the dub does really weird dark jokes, though. Like, I do not understand which of the three oh, writers of this episode wrote the I feel so violated joke, but they probably should not do that. Wait. No, I don't, I don't, that. I don't remember that. What was so it's, after, after, it's, after, it's after they see the gigantic chunk that um, Minotauru mom took out of the like. Oh, top of the bridge. that's right. That was bad. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Davis, Davis says, "I feel so violated." Then Tika goes, "We still respect you." It's like Jesus. Like, oh my god. Tika is yeah. like kind of harsh this episode. He's back to like disliking Davis again. Yeah, and also like just for for context, that line in the sub is is Davis saying Davis or Daisuke just saying. Uh, we're back to the beginning, huh? And then TK says, it's okay, we can rebuild it again. Yeah, I mean, like, the uh, God. That's not a I hate Davis moment. That is a, a what were the writers thinking moment. <laughs> like, that is not a moment that I can, like, take in the context of the character, if that means. Because it's so obviously, like, a terrible choice made by the writers. If, yeah, you know like, I mean. so, I'm not sure yeah, if they were God. trying to get, like, you know, a bit yeah. saucy with that joke, but they yeah, kind of like, went too far. <laughs> They watched the yeah. ghost story dub and were just like, "All right, we need to up our game. We need we need to get some, edgy, we need to get edgier material." That's all that made it. In. Like, yeah, what what a strange line, but um, it kind of you know it goes. It stinks because there was a really good line in like, uh, um, Yoli. I think is like, "Yeah, this will give you a chance to make new mistakes." And Davis like, "But I like my old mistakes better." And it's like you could have just <laughs> had that, and that would have been perfectly fine. That's yeah. actually kind of funny. The, the the mistakes line was really funny. I thought um, I liked my old mistakes better. Is, <laughs> is very funny. Like same, same uh, buddy, same. Yeah, yeah. Cody is still also like he needs to he needs to build that bridge and get over it with with Ken because he is just yeah. 
like, buddy, you need to calm down. You're like 10. Why are you holding these yeah, grudges? Cody, I, I love Cody how went- crusty. Yeah, I love how crusty Cody is in these episodes. There's a line in the next episode um, that we'll get to. But, like, in the Japanese version, the venom in his voice when he delivers it is, like, it's so hilarious. He's just mean. I mean, I understand why, but, like, buddy, he saved your life. Like, why are you just, like, man, I still hate Ken and would like to drop him off a cliff. (laughs) I don't think Ken can ever change. I think Ken is predisposed to evil, guys. (laughs) Yes, Cody. Uh, Cody needs to chill. Like he's been, he's. I've appreciated him as being like very sort of staunchly, you know, set in his ways. And you know, in the real world context, I'd have way more time for Cody's I mean, his, attitude his towards, dad is a towards cop, Ken right? than I would. What? Yes, yeah, well, his dad I, is I, a cop, right? Well, his like, dad's dead, but you know, I mean, his dad yeah, was like a he, cop. I mean, yeah, like uh, uh, making baseless assumptions on on people and for refusing to change those in the face of evidence is kind of the the you know. Part and parcel. I would have more time, you know, like in a, in a realistic, like real world scenario, I'd have way more time for like Cody's attitude towards the guy who was literally called the Digimon Kaiser. Um, <laughs> no, but totally. I, 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 I think that in the scenario we're given, where it's very much like, let's try and take things at face value. <laughs> like, let's. Uh, Ken yeah, is destroying control kind of, fires. Kind of he, helped, he helped destroy um, Golamon. He saved your life. Like, yeah, buddy. I understand there's a time and place to not trust the dude formerly called the Digimon Emperor, but this isn't <laughs> one of those times. I feel like one of, one thing. One thing I'm a bit thinking about it. One thing that's a bit like not disappointing, but because it, it doesn't really, it doesn't have that much of an impact. But like the, that scene where they are arguing about whether or not they should call Ken for help, or how they're on the bridge. You have that scene with like the positions here are Davis is very much like we should go get Ken. And Cody is very much in the no camp. And like, uh, no way. TK is kind of on his side because, well, I, I think that makes sense for TK, um, to be honest. But you know he's oh, had totally. his doubts before. That's kind of he, he's he's very wishy washy. Uh, Kari kind of stays out out of it for the most part. And you have Yole, who was kind of the one last episode where she had a whole thing where it's like, no, she was very much in the no, uh, no way camp or. Oh no, uh, she wasn't actually. She was very conflicted about it all, and then yeah, the and then the she episode, she turned around and eventually yeah. sent Ken the email like, "Hey, like I can't wait for you to join our team one day." Winky face Thanks, emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, exactly. I will say exactly. That, is, that is a that is a dub change. In, yeah. in the Isn't sub, it... everyone's like pretty okay with the idea of Ken, except for Cody at this point. Yeah, I I find it funny here where she's just like the only thing the only thing that she has to contribute is basically just to end the conversation. Like she's just like, hey, maybe we should just fix this bridge instead. <laughs> like, well, we should do this instead. <laughs> um, so she's very much like not interested in batting for Ken at all. She just she's wants to just avoid conflict, happy. and I get that. Yeah, exactly. Wait, exactly. Have I made yeah, Have but, I made uh, the joke about like Davis and Yoli been like, hey, let's go smoke, but don't tell the narc like right next to Cody because that's definitely a thing in high school they do. <laughs> Yeah, that seems about right. Like, I, 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 I hope that's not the case. Like, Cody just continuing to be like way too like distrusting of. Like, I have enough sort of like eh, about Ken very much beating himself up about stuff. So, um, but we'll get to that. That's more in the next episode, I suppose. So. Hey, Ken, you want to go get smacked and listen to the Bodega Boys? <laughs> Don't tell the narc. <laughs> that's basically their high school aesthetic. Uh, let's just talk about uh, Jogress, her DNA digivolution. That's a pretty important thing that we just kind of glossed over before. <laughs> but um, what do you uh, what do you all think about that? I think like, it's in really terms cool. Of... It's such a neat concept of like 
combine like it feels very distinctly Digimon and combining two Digimon to create like something kind of still weird that in some cases holds characteristics of uh the Digimon that were combined. Uh see uh Pyeldramon and another our second DNA Digivolution we'll get to later. And then sometimes it's just like this weird creature that's still kinda cool but makes no sense. See uh the third one we'll get in about like ten episodes, I wanna say. It's I mean like we see it first in our war game with Omnimon, and that's such a cool moment. And then we see it again here, and I like that they bring it back to use it again. And to like sort of make it a a relative mainstay of the later half of the series. Yes, agreed. I, I like the concept a lot. I think it ties in nicely to the to the themes of the of the of the series so far. Uh, the more like you know the importance on the interpersonal relationships of the of the characters, <laughs> you know. So that was cool. I thought it was very. Um, I, I know we spoke about already about it was very sort of out of nowhere, but not out of nowhere, but it's very sudden after the champions but just in this episode itself and also in the ongoing arc between davis and ken and you know ken and the rest of the gang in general i did feel it was a bit sudden that they become that it, they became boyfriends uh, because when you can hear when you can hear your enough. dna digivolutions partner's heart beating i'm pretty sure you're legally boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> I found it to be uh, a kind of out of nowhere, but I will give it the benefit of that because I feel like it may be going somewhere with this idea um, of it's... like you know they, they're actually close enough together where they should, or they're on the right and not the same page to such an extent that they can do the DNA digivolution. But like I, I am wondering like it, it just doesn't feel like they should be at that point yet. But it, it, yeah, it is will... both better earned in the sub and way gayer as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's, sort of my, yeah. that's my main feeling. Yeah, it's just that it is very thrust out of nowhere, and then it's like, he, is it this episode where he's like, uh, it's like no, like there is some good dialogue. Uh, he because Ken basically, uh, Ken and Wormon are like, hey, like no one else is gonna die for our mistakes, and XV Mon is like, you're being stupid. Dave's like, you're being stupid. And Ken is very, like, the martyr of, like, if this happens to me, then, like, so be it. And I like the line that Davis says. Uh, first of all, he says, they say, like, how will you fix your mistakes if you're not here? That's really good. Davis says, so you messed up a few times. I do it all the time. Which is still serious, but also, like, very funny and in character, feels like. <laughs> and Davis's line of, you just keep trying until something works. And when it gets really bad, you hang with your friends. Because they're always your friends, even when you mess up. And I just think that's, like, such a really good line. Uh, it's I'll very say this, Digimon. The sub never once uses the word friends in this entire do, exchange. Do they say boyfriends <laughs> instead? Like, is it, like, genuinely just, like, you hang with your boyfriends because he'll always be your boyfriends? No, it's... It, the Instead, in the Japanese version, rather than talking about, like, friends or, you know, partnership or whatever, it's, it's very much um, the idea of... You know, Ken doesn't feel like his life is worth anything, so he is, like, fully willing to, you know, go on a suicide mission to stop, to fix his own mistake. And Davis, or Daisuke, basically says, like, your parents thought you were dead. Do you want to put them through that again? Oh, jeez. And he goes, no. And he goes, well, do you want to die? And he says, no. And he says, well, that's good, because I don't want you to die either. And then Ken, like, looks at him and says, you're the only one who's believed in me ever, uh, ever since the start. And he, he he nods and says, "If I let you go now and you never come back, I'll regret it for the rest of my life." <laughs> okay, all right. 
Fellas, um, is it gay to have the first Jogress Digivolution in the series? The answer is yes. Um, oh, well, yeah, the answer is yes, and it's because it ha- first happened to Matt and Ty. So there you go. There's <laughs> undeniable, undeniable proof. That's um, true. That's I, true. I, I, um, it's, it's very over the top in, in the Japanese version. <laughs> I would have liked, because a lot of that sentiment, although if not the tone and so the delivery perhaps, is kept in the, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, um, sentiment is kept through the dub so I like Davis talking to Ken basically like you know he's very much like Ken's like oh woe is me he's being very emo very sort of like self-deprecating to a like an almost annoying degree at this point and Davis basically just hits him with like the you know Davis and XVM on basically just like look shut up <laughs> like, I was like, I was very surprised they didn't censor the slap in yeah the, that in the was I that think was that's a... the first time in this entire series that one human has hit another human without it cutting away. Wait, TK. did it cut away during the the TK hit against Ken? Because I feel like it Chad didn't. Chat Chad, Chad TK totally totally was something that was kept. Like that was. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they, that was something they kept we remarked the, on. The, him throwing the punch, but they cut away from the moment of impact. They should they okay. did an insert shot of Wormwald uh, lying on the floor okay. for when the fist actually hit him. Okay, maybe okay. very decent job of like cutting that thing because I just don't recall that at all. Um, yeah, it's a subtle cut, but like. They they went out of their way in, in adventure as well when Matt and Ty fought to to cut out any actual fists hitting. They keep the side effect. They keep like the the impact there. They just cut out the actual frame of it happening. Maybe, maybe a slap's different. Like I can't see why it would be. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Um, I okay, yeah. So I like that he's there to basically you know knock some sense into into Ken. And uh, and I like that they have the same conversation. Well, not the exact same conversation, but like a similar conversation happening between XVMon and Stingmon, which I thought was cool because, like, very. I think what happens a lot is that the, especially if you look at something like Matt and Ty in like the original series and their sort of disputes, the Digimon can kind of feel a bit lost in all of that. Like, as oh, they're just like proxies for the characters to like fight out their sort of emotions or whatever. Like here, it's not. You have four characters, you know two on each side of this conflict, like, who are debating the issue with one another. I did find it was a bit funny that they were just stood there, in mid, like, floating in midair, just being like, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't go anywhere, blah, blah. I'm just thinking, like, okay, are the others just, like, running, like, around, running circles around Okuomon? <laughs> <Okuwamon. laughs> oh, Don't worry, kind of... we'll distract Okuomon. Yeah. You have the Oku... exposition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was... It was funny. It was very Narmek uh, sort of <laughs> sort of situation <laughs> there, but I... I <laughs> I, I found it funny that yeah that that happened, but the conversation itself was was good, and I like I like they have that moment where um, Ken Ken ending with I don't know if but what if you don't have any friends, and then it cut into the DNA evolution was kind of that was a kind of a, <laughs> a cute moment where it's like yeah uh, yo you do <laughs> as it turns and out and then and then he says so this is what it feels like to have a friend it's not that bad. And I really love that moment. Like I had to like That's rewind awesome. a few times uh, to make sure I got all the the notes on the lines right. Like I I transcribed them correctly because I like that moment so much. Yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a sweet moment. Um, and I, I, I think it's a cliffhanger. The, yeah, like the the English. I really do like that the English exchange between XVMon and Stingmon. But the, the Japanese one did have a line that I liked that was unfortunately cut out, um, where XVMon basically says to him, "Was like why why are you you know." self-flagellating you didn't do anything wrong and he says well i just stood by and watched bad things happen which means i'm complicit and then he says so you're just gonna go in there and let ken throw his life away like you're his partner it's your duty to protect them that's not you're not doing a very good job of it right now that's good 
yeah, that's that's not bad. I like in the sub. No, sorry, I like in the dub. I haven't watched the sub. <laughs> I like in the dub where the um, you have Wormmon, who's he, he has he says something to the extent of like, I, you know, he's talking about Ken having nightmares and stuff like that, and he's very much coming from the perspective of like, you know, this is clearly something that's haunting him and so on, and and you know, I want to do whatever it takes to to stop that. And I really like that perspective because it, it gives him an impetus for doing that that isn't the same as like Ken's self-flagellation or whatever. It's more of like a loyalty to him and also his concern over you know what he's witnessed because it's not like he's yeah he's, he sees this he sees the effect it's had on Ken and his his struggle to like get back to a good place in his in his heart and his head like he's seen that firsthand so it, it makes sense why he'd be as eager to go about it Ken's way as. Or, or at least, you know, he, it makes sense why he'd want to follow it Ken's way um, rather than, you know, just, just like for, trying to force Ken to team up with the rest of the team or anything like that. So um, I thought that was, I thought that was neat. Yeah. And going back to the point you brought up earlier about the um, the two characters, like it's it's two characters on both sides. I like that because Vimon is consistently shown as like one of the only people or beings that will believe in Davis wholeheartedly. And like you see that so well. Like when XVmon is rallying behind Davis and like, no, come on, Stingmon, like, listen to us. Like, Davis is right here. Like, you can't just do this so like you can't just throw throw everything away like this. You can't. Like, there's no point in that. Like, he is backing up Davis, and I really love that. Yeah, I mean they they are they are kindred spirits, like they are fairly similar and that like obviously less spent time is spent characterizing Vimon. Um but the they are they are still too kind of silly, you know, goofballs and that who, yeah, who aren't taken as seriously as maybe they could be and, you know, who are just fairly free spirit you know, free spirit is not the right word, but like they're fairly aloof and yeah, um, they are very easy, They're very so easy going. That they would, yeah, it's not too surprising that they would both, you know, understand this position or take this take this stance on, on Ken beating himself up because it's just the exact opposite of them. Um, so I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought this. I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was overall a really, really sweet moment. Yeah. Do we have much else to say about this episode? Because I feel like we've ve- we've veered into episode, next episode territory a bunch of times. And yeah, they kind they kind of blur to- together a bit. But my only thing is, uh, yeah. how do you? How did he know that it was Ken's heart beating? Besides, like the first? obvious, like gayness that he is feeling in, with his so with his the, new boyfriend. In the Japanese version. In the Japanese version of the sub, uh, when he first picks up the crest of kindness in the base, he hears the same thing. That, that's the connection between them. And that's why. Oh, okay. That's I, why I, he's that's been really so. Good then. Yeah, that's why he's been so determined to to believe in him the entire time. Well, they do. Yeah. They do bring it up in the in the dub still because obviously you have that scene yeah. where he's like, it recaps what happened there, and yeah. I, yeah, uh, he's like, yeah. no. I remember him being like, if you were there in, in the base with me. When I got the digi egg, like you would realize, like what I realized. So I actually, and obviously, like in the, you sort of see, like yeah, I guess, because it is the crest of kindness and it creates a golden digi egg. But hearing, but knowing that fact from the sub is like, wow, okay, like that sort of like puts that piece of the puzzle together. That's a very subtle thing, which the, the way the dub is, I'm not too surprised that they didn't bring that over or they deemed it too. I don't know, too. I can't think of the right word, but like 
too soppy or something to too like, gay? make a part. So that's what you're looking for, yeah. gay. Uh, I was I didn't really want to go there, but you know, I, I was maybe thinking more like too girly or something like that. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to I didn't want to outright say it so, <laughs> because it just felt very cynical. But hey, okay, we got we got you, we got you, we, got we, you. we have that privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to move on to twenty seven then? Because this is when the real moments happen. This is like yeah, the big part. It's the halfway point of the series, or no, it's over the halfway point of the series. I'm thinking of yes, last yes. series having a bunch more episodes. But uh, it's the big moment. So, Scrafty, do you want to... Yeah, as of 26, we're more than halfway through this series, which is wild to think about because it feels like we started doing this yesterday. Yeah. It really kind yeah, of does. Come a long way. So, Scrafty, do you want to cover 27 for us then and uh, recap us on that? For sure. So, episode 27 is in English called Fusion Confusion and in Japanese is called Invincible Union Paildramon. It's written by Maikawa Atsushi in Japanese and the Nimoy Bucolts team in English, plus the addition of Seth Walter, who has done a few episodes before as well. So episode kind of opens with a recap of the end of the last one, where Stingamon and Xvimon, uh, you know, come together to make Pyeldramon. He starts beating up Okuamon after their little analyzer introduction, and the rest of the squad kind of is, you know, in awe, but also like confused because they're like where why is this happening how is this happening why is it happening with him specifically but after after a little bit of discussion they decide that they have their their opening finally since this this newly formed ultimate is keeping Okuamon busy so they make a break for the base to try to stop the reactor from blowing specifically canon and daisuke or davis run there and then the rest of them follow after when they realize that they're kind of making a suicidal charge into this crumbling fortress so they do manage to make it to the reactor and cancel us in his, his crest, which seems to deactivate the explosion, but it's still falling apart, even though, the, you know, things aren't going kaboom. And I'm not really sure why. So the rest of the squad, you know, assembles and uses their, their partners to carve a path through to the exit. And they make it there to find this weird, like, portal to what Ken calls the World of Darkness, which is spewing out some black miasmic fart gas, uh, which is causing some <laughs> problems for them. So they try to see if they can shut it down, but nothing seems to be working until Paeldramon manages to finish off Okuawan with his hip-mounted Gatling guns that he has for some reason and joins them inside and then just fixes the problem by blowing it up. They kind of just go, oh, okay, I guess that solves that, and then bail out. Paeldramon blows up the rest of the base just to make sure no one uh, you know, tries to cause trouble with it ever again, which reverts Wormon and Vimon to their baby forms. And uh, they make their exit. They reconvene with Izzy the next day to discuss the new phenomenon of, of Jogress evolution that they just witnessed. And he gives us a little, little seminar on it. And in Japanese, it's actually quite funny. <laughs> where his computer screen shows joint plus progress equals Jogress. <laughs> it's ex- extremely like mono equals one or mono no, equals no. rail energy. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Digi equals digital, mon equals mon. <laughs> um, so yeah, he just like, we get this huge exposition done that takes up nearly half the episode of just Izzy talking about the reason why they need Jogress compared to the crests allowing ultimate evolution before. I will get into why this bothers me a lot later, but the, 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 the gist of it is sometime after our war game, but before the start of Zero Two, the original gang was called back um, to the digital world to 
give up their crests to quote unquote seal the darkness according to Jedi, which sounds very sus considering I thought they you know they already defeated the darkness, <laughs> but um, apparently they needed to do it so that they permanently nerf all their partners by robbing them of their ultimate forms in order to put a magical barrier around the world that restores the balance of light and darkness, and because of that. Um, you know, they're not able to reach their, their strongest forms or, uh, you know, do top tier battles anymore, but it was apparently not necessary to protect things. And Izzy kind of speculates that, you know, there, there must be some other evil at work, uh, if, you know, they're, they're being called back there again. And then the episode just kind of ends with Izzy's mom coming in and confirming that she remembers Tentamon and thinks of him as a friend, which just raises the question of why they're trying to hide their partners from her again. But okay. the right. lore oh, implications kind of... are this are in this episode are maddening, both from let's, the let's, the retcon with the crests and with Izzy's mom remembering his friend Tento. Okay, let's talk about that moment. Let's talk about that moment first because this is the one where I'm just I was just ended the episode and I was just like, eh? what? Like I don't understand. Like, does she think Tento is like a toy Izzy used to have, similar to like the quote-unquote plush toys that the other kids are currently no, see, holding with them? Or does she explicitly think... The sub explicitly says that, like, she's looking, oh, like, where does your uh, original little friend Tento-san go? And then he goes, oh, it's Tento-mon. And she goes, oh, I knew that, and then stands back up again. But that's, yeah, that's so that's basically the same thing as the, as the dup. Like, there's no, like, you, obviously you, there's no there's no pun there between, like, Tento-mon and Tento-san. Huh? But the, the, you don't get the, like, okay, she doesn't explicitly know that Digimon are real. Although I guess you have that scene of like Demi Vimon or whoever it is just like taking a chomp out of the food right in front of her. Like, I just found that moment really weird because it's like we the audience know that she knows Digimon are real and the episodes recently and, and Izzy also pretending that like, oh no, acting like, guys you can't do Digimon stuff because my parents are here. It's like that, that whole stuff has just felt fake or like like a, like a mistake or something like that. And now she's acknowledging, like, I guess that actually no, no, we were right the first time. She does know Digimon are real, and like, like, is he forgot or something? Or like, the whole thing is weird. <laughs> like, it's completely on. Oh, nothing here is mapped out, like in terms of like that bit of the law, and it just does my head in because I won't mind, but they spend so much time on it. Like, uh, they spend enough time on it rather, where it, yeah, like... where it's hard to ignore. I think the, this episode, it, the first half, it, the first episode slaps. It's it's a very fun first half. The second half, like it did, they did not need eleven minutes to do an, ex, an exposition dump. Yeah, I I just want to note for my my last three lines of notes are these are all in all caps. See, she knows about Digimon. She recognizes it. You can have the Digimon be normal. I'm and then key smashes. That was my reaction <laughs> to the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like yeah, I I was very sort of like. like I'm, I'm Bart Simpson going Zoo! like <laughs> like that's that's my reaction to the end of this episode. Um, I didn't have as big a problem with the crest stuff. I'm going to be honest. I didn't find See, it remotely. Well, not remotely, but like I didn't. I wasn't there thinking like. Oh, uh, first I was like, oh, they're explaining this, okay. And then I was kind of like, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what explicitly the darkness is referring to, but we've had a lot of. Um, vague notions of something, the darkness. Like we had the world of darkness in this episode. Like we had the, we had the dark ocean, which also gets brought up again this episode. You know, it's and the dark whirlpool and all this stuff. It's very, 
he's throwing that term around a lot, so I'm kind of just used to like he's just like, he's just bringing it up like there's the darkness to fight, and obviously we know yeah, there I is think, an enemy that I think yeah I think it was just like that's, that's like my so far my biggest issue with with Zero Two is that you know I like most of the characters I like most of the the ongoing plot developments not the retrospective stuff but like the the new stuff that happens I like most of that stuff. What I don't like at all is I don't like the, the changes they make to the past, and this is one of them. Yeah. I feel like part of the, you know, what makes the original series ending and our war game so cool is that, like, oh, you know, you, you think they never get to see their partners again because, you know, the, the gate between the worlds is closing. But now they have, like, you know, this, this one last chance to meet up with them in order to stop the world-ending threat. And that's what kind of made what made our war game feel so impactful is that, like, this is their last chance, and this is their last kind of I, meeting I, together. I, I and never, like, sorry, finish your thought. Sorry. Yeah, like the, the 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 it's treated like a miracle when when Ty is able to you know Ty and Matt are able to enter the the internet and, and interface with their their moms face to face instead of just looking at them through a screen. Uh, and then you find out that like less than a year later, they were just able to walk right back in without any problem. So why at the beginning of the series when Agumon went up with Ty did they act like it had been a long time since they'd seen each other? Like, why is, did the entire beginning of the series make it seem like the, the you know their their partners have been surviving on their own for a while? Like, it it just really frustrates me that like this changes things that happen both in Zero Two itself and the 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 unmentioned stuff between series that I think should have left been left unmentioned. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, this... I I I never I sorry, Slim, but I I no, I've go got ahead. to say. I never viewed our war game in that sense. Like I, I always thought our war game was a direct, like, like directly refuting the ending of Digimon Adventure. Like I think, as 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 kind of like you know, moving in in, in a sense, like the ending of the original adventure is, and a lot of that's due to the way it's made, like the the musical choice and the like the the editing and, and you know the, so on. I think that was a mistake. I think I think closing that door between them forever was kind of like it didn't really feel. I mean, I think we discussed this when we when we reviewed that episode. Like, I think I remember saying that it felt very sort of like arbitrary. Um, and it, then just it did completely... for sure. But like, if you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. Like, it is arbitrary, but yeah, and they and already then... they they already they already like decided actually we're not going to commit to it when they made our war game. <laughs> Like I feel see, like I feel like want... that's a little bit of a different scenario because our war game like it's not like they can like freely visit them whenever they want. Like Jenna explicitly says, you know, this is an emergency. I wouldn't I wouldn't normally allow this, but you know, this is your last chance. So like it it feels like that that was like you know it's a movie. It's a special occasion. Like it it, it is the the excuse to to break the rules established by the ending. And uh, you know of course they have to do a sequel series, and a sequel series you know depends on them undoing the ending of the first one, but. To to undo it between the series off screen it feels incredibly cheap to me. That's just like well, me personally. Yeah, but. I think this, this these events I have no problem with. I think the one the one thing that would have made them better is again as we as we keep coming back to in this show execution is the is the thing that it seems to have issues with. It seems to have problems with. Like this would have been something that you maybe could have put at the beginning of the show as like an almost like a have this as like a prologue like uh, scene or something in the first episode and then and then you cut to like you know davis he's he's slept through his alarm and then he has to go to school i don't know like you could have you could have if this was what you had in mind 
and I do actually wonder if they had it in mind from the very beginning because I'm not so sure. Um, the this should have been in the very first episode. Like this, this yeah. should have been something to stop to cut the series off. Yeah, the, I think it's the fact that this is coming more than halfway through Zero Two is what makes it feel really cheap you, to me. It's like they they, they have a line. Yeah. They have a they have a line where they literally say, "Why didn't you tell us this before?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I like to fucking know that because I." <laughs> Like, I was like, thinking we the last keeping episode. a secret, but yeah. it's like this their explanation is some pretty was important information well, you left out. Yeah, especially since, especially since like Gatamon's been acting like the only thing that's stopping her from you know becoming Anjouman before was the loss of her tail ring and the control spires. And now that both of those are not a problem anymore, they had to contrive a reason to keep her. On the same level as everyone else. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just so annoying. Like the way it I've been was saying done this last for episode. like five episodes of this podcast. Like we're gonna get there eventually, and it's gonna suck. And guess what? It sucks. Look, you know what they could have done last episode is they could have had, um, they could have had Patamon become an Angemon, and then like I don't know, you have Yole or something that someone going like. Um, oh, you know, like maybe yeah, Gatamon just becomes an Epitetimon, and like, and you, you could have had like Yole being like, "Hang on," or or some, maybe someone who actually, sorry, just before I go on, is there any other? Do any of no. the other kids actually know about an Angiwoman? I mean, they probably know, but like they, I don't think anyone else has seen Angiwoman except for TK. Okay, okay. Well, even, all the, all the same, you could have had a scene where like maybe they mentioned it off screen or whatever. That's easy enough to believe. And you could have had like Yole just being like, "Hey, how come you don't use Angiwoman?" And you have Kari just sort of like looking over her like shoulder or like looking at the ground or whatever, and just being like, "Um, you, you know, like a, like very much like a we'll talk about this later sort of scene." And then they talk about it later. <laughs> Whereas what we get is Katamon just being like, "Oh, it's a shame I can't become Angiwoman," and you just like, "Huh?" And then yeah, it gets it gets explained like an episode later, but it's it still just doesn't feel connected or like planned or there's no sense of like we're learning something it's a sense of like we you purposefully confused us before and now you're like trying to undo that but it just feels very sort yeah, of like i think what 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 bothers me the most is having seen this before i know this gets undone later like this is this is oh, something that, that is happening for like a a, a 10 episode stretch and they came up with, like, the weakest justification possible No, it's, like, it. a three-episode stretch, and then it gets redone. They 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 go over this, like, two extra times, and it's just so maddening. And yeah, and then it's, by, to by me, the it's Christmas the biggest episode. flaw of this, of this particular series of Zero Two is yeah. just all of the, the mess that they go through of undoing the Ultimate Evolutions and then redoing and then undoing it again. It is just nonsensical. Yeah, like by by the time they get to the Christmas episode, they're they're already undoing it. So the question is like, either don't do it or come up with an explanation that isn't so flimsy that it, you know, it sucks now and it's gonna suck even more when it's just hand waved away later on. Here's another problem which I feel like has um has implications, not not implications, but like has here's another problem I have with it which ties into something I've already sort of moaned about when it comes to this show. The eight. Focusing so much on the Ultimate Evolution stuff is spending way too much time with the with the previous characters. Like the other kids are not the main characters of this show. Yes, you have TK and Kari in the new group, and yes, the other kids do still hang around. Like you have Izzy. Izzy's literally the one explaining all this, but you can't. It centers them too much again, and it's just like 
that isn't something that again if you're going to explain this you should have explained it in episode one before literally anything else happened like you should have had a scene where they do meet up and you say it's after our war game and it's you know it's establishing that like after the finale of the previous series you know, yes, they did actually end up going back to the digital world, but it was bittersweet. I'm just picturing like a Black Dynamite-style exposition drop where Ty just appears and it goes, it's after our war game, we have just surrendered our crests to steal the darkness. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be I am I am 14-year-old Ty Kamiya. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. I'd be into that, yeah. Um, I, yeah, but I, as, it, as it is, it's just like, we're going back like 25 episodes, no, 27 episodes into this series, and we're going back to say, like, oh, here's what happened to these other characters. Like, these aren't the main characters. Davis, and you've literally just spent most of the last two episodes very much establishing that Davis and Ken going forward are, like, the stars of this particular show. So, like, going back to talk about Ultimate stuff, it's just a bit strange. Also, I'm kind of just like, why did this need to be explained now when, when you're talking about like the DNA digivolutions like that's the whole point of his speech here it's just I don't know the only thing that I would say about this which I did like is that the explanation for like why they didn't say anything sooner was kind of it, it was in character <laughs> for the Digimon where I do find they, they are prone to get like embarrassed a bit about their like struggle and I like the idea that like the Digi- after this happened the Digimon was so upset that like I kind of wish they'd explicitly said oh they were upset enough and we kind of drifted apart and that's why we didn't see each other as much or something like that. I don't know, there's some kind of like rift or something to maybe explain that. Yeah, why has it been ages since Agamon last saw Ty? Like, what's been going on there? Other than school. I don't know. Because yeah, you can move between think... the lines and say like, they got they got busy their lives, but... Yeah, because if, yeah, if you say, oh yeah, we went and visited them, you know, and un- I undisclosed amount of time ago within the last year, but then, yeah, when when I go and visit Tiger, it's like, oh, it's been so long. It's like, well, it's been less than a year. <laughs> like, that's like <laughs> sometimes I go like that long without seeing my parents. Like, I don't think that's like <laughs> that big a deal. Well, yeah, you can maybe just chalk that up to they are very good friends, and you know they can't spend like a week away from each other. Like, I don't know. That's that's a fairly <laughs> common feeling. So I won't I won't judge that specific moment too much. But I don't know. Yeah, it could have been. They could have had. They could have done more with that. Because they yeah. do, especially when they explicitly mention how the Digimon felt about the whole thing. Yeah, I I really like that part of it's like I think Kari is explained like it was like this entire part of their identity that they no longer had access to. And I'm like, that's kind of like strangely deep and like upsetting in a way of like you see like how sad they are. They're all like sprawled against the ground, like looking just super upset and miserable. And they're just like, yeah, like they lost like part of themselves. If I imagine like graduating from university and then friggin' Obi Wan Kenobi walks up to you and says, "Sorry, back to high school." <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, no! I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing because like I found that the Digimon when they're when they're actually like in their like stronger forms and so on are way less of a character than they are in their like rookie forms or the or in Gatamon's case, champion form. Like the those are those characters and then they just basically get way bigger to do a fight and then they return back to normal like i'm just and, I guess, and really uh, the, if there's i, I think the, be- no the best e- go on. i think like the best comparison might be something like you know common rider or power rangers were like the dude outside the suit is the real actor the dude in the suit is a stunt actor who you know can't emote or 
do any sure. of that stuff. So this is the same principle. We're like, the small, cute one is the most emotive. They got the big, shiny eyes and whatever. That, that's the one that everyone likes and the one that people want to see be personable. When they're evolved, they're supposed to be like, you know, badass and cool. They don't have time for feelings or emotions or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have tied something into like the nature of the crests and those like emboldening the Digimon in a certain sense. Like, yeah. Like, like you know, Gabumon's more friendly when he's when with the crest. You know, the crest of friendship makes Gabumon more friendly or something. I don't know. Something like that. But as it is, it's such a throwaway line that it just makes you sort of like. I, I wonder about the potential. I keep thinking of the possibilities of what that actually means. And what it actually means is nothing really like literally you have Gatamon and Patamon saying yeah we got over it <laughs> yeah so and like here's so not not to armchair rewrite because you know we've talked about this before and like I don't want to pretend like I, I know better than the writers of this uh, you know multimedia acclaimed franchise yeah I mean I think you can't, what, you can't feel that way it's fine <laughs> yeah like an explanation that wouldn't have made me as uh frustrated I don't want to say upset I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't like upset me it just kind of bums me out honestly um if once they defeat Apocalymon, that that was what the crests were made for, right? The crests were made in a lab to defeat the Dark Masters. Like that, that's that's part of what Jedi's exposition dubbed near the end of Adventure. Yeah, was. Um. So since the Dark Masters and the Dark Masters progenitor are all dead, they the the crests have fulfilled their purpose and just fade, like fade away or something, or just like crack into pieces. Like, sure, that works for me. That I think that's a totally reasonable explanation. You don't even have to make it like oh it happens right away. Just over time. The energy they were imbued in for the purpose of defeating the Dark Masters, having fulfilled its purpose, just slowly faded away and they became inert. That is a far more reasonable explanation than, oh, we were told to seal some unexplained, like, you know, nebulous evil that will never fully be elaborated on or addressed (laughs) because the plot said so. Yeah, and I mean... In the yeah. in the second last episode, the crests are destroyed, and it becomes this whole thing of like actually the power of the crest was inside your heart all along. So it just makes the whole crest explanation that we had to give the power of the crest to put. Oh the, yeah, that's put, true. Yeah. How did they get them back? They all just they all got destroyed. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing that makes me so mad about it is because it is a whole case of the crests were just a uh, a catalyst for the for these traits. You didn't need the crest. You had that power all in you all along. Yeah. And that's why the crest, when the crests were destroyed and they were still able to channel that power and, and come back to life from being erased. And then it's just like, oh, here are the crests again. Oh, you got to use them to make the magic happy shield to protect the digital world. Okay. It's okay. Like, can I, can I, can, can we talk about the magical happy shield? Because like, I'm, I, okay. I have zero. That's now it's canonical crest. name is the magic happy shield. Because I, uh, yeah, there's no problem, name, right? But, okay, so here's the thing that kind of kneecaps this scene a little bit is that you have the you have the scene where you have Jenna about to go into his like uh, like uh, Grandpa Simpson type speech as as he <laughs> characterizes it, and and, they, and he literally cuts him off and he's like, "You went to this whole speech. He likes to go on a lot." And I'm like, "That's probably a moment where you could have Jenna being like." You know, oh, I've like in the version of this. Let's keep going back to my rewrite because I love rewriting the show, as we as we all know. Um, We're gonna go make to this that fanfic where, one day, I swear. <laughs> let's go back to this version where the scene where you have the scene at the beginning of the show where you have Jedi reuniting the kids in their like in their cool new get-ups, except for Ty, who's wearing the same clothes for some reason. Um, and you have them all like you know, a reunited with their Digimon, and it's great. It's a happy moment. And then Jedi's like. 
okay, I didn't bring you here for a favor. Actually, I brought you here for a favor, and you're not going to like it. And then you have the explanation of of why that is to be. Like, like there is something, there is, you know, there is a new darkness rising or whatever. Look, these things happen, you know. You know, uh, there was Vegeta, then there was Frieza, then there was Cell. You know, there's always a new villain on the horizon. Like, so I'm not too fussed about, like, the notion of, like, at the end of the original show, they beat Apocalypse and there shouldn't be any more darkness and so on. It's like, look, whatever. There's always going to be a new villain. And I don't mind this concept yeah. of, like, we we want to, I want to get ahead of this game. I want to protect the digital world. Like, you know, we don't have uh, homunculus or whatever the hell they were called. Um, homeostasis. Homeostasis, sorry. Homunculus. Yeah. We don't have those anymore. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we don't Man's have any really said homunculus. I need, your, I, I need your kids' help. I need your kids' help to put together some sort of defense against the world. And, you know, I think we can do something with these crests you've got. And yes, they've got the crests again because they wish them back into existence. Like, that's pretty much how I see it. So, like, that I don't have a problem with. But the fact that they just sort of gloss over the the opportunity to actually tell the story, or the fact that they've written this this, this moment into the show at such an awkward point where they don't have time to actually explain it in proper detail... It's just like, again, it's just like, this could have been done in like a less, I, I, I get the feeling this thing wouldn't have satisfied everyone. Like, I think Scrafty, you'd have, a, and, and Sloan, I suppose, you, you would both have your complaints, some of your complaints that you have with this, regardless of how it was written, just because of the notion of, it's off. it was kind of like off screen or whatever, it was kind of like kind of like wishy-washy of just like, hey, vague darkness, random happy shield. But this could have been done in a way where it was less like it felt less meaningless and as it as it is it's very much like it just feels like it's here to explain why ultimate evolutions don't exist and yeah i don't remember the rest of the show so what you're saying about it no longer mattering and then it mattering again and all this sort of stuff is sounds sounds like it's going to be extremely irritating <laughs> so get um, ready can't wait can't wait. All I know is that Magna Angemon does appear again at some point, so I'm just like, okay, <laughs> alright. Yeah, like, You're happy. I think what the reason why it bothers me is because I, I do legitimately really like Zero Two, like, more than I remember liking it. I, I'm, I'm having a really good time on this rewatch, so when this kind of stuff crops up, it, it frustrates me, because I know that the show can and has been better than this. No, same here. Like that, I'm feeling the exact same way that you are with in regards to Zero Two and stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like if, like, they just planned it out, because I know that, you know, the original series wasn't fully planned out. We, we you know, made fun of the, the weird retcons and, and last-minute plot changes and whatever in there. Yes. But yes. in this, it feels like it's less planned out. It feels like they wrote they wrote this, like, one chunk at a time, whereas in the original series, it felt like after Devimon, they had a vague idea of what they wanted to do with the entire rest of the series, and everything kind of builds towards that. Right. Well, it was it, it was simpler as well. I think I think once you got past Devimon and they knew they were going to go on for longer, they had a new villain in place in Etamon who was very simple. Like he was just a goofy idiot who bossed Digimon around and you know kind of wanted to run the show and didn't really have any more concrete goals. This show has these characters like the Digimon Emperor and and this mysterious woman you know who's apparently been pulling the strings from behind the scenes all along and it's got characters. And and it needed to have like a clear like plot outline, and I get the feeling they didn't have that, or they didn't have opportunity to do that, or they or they had second thoughts about everything. Like uh, that, that that's kind of yeah, and then that's why you're getting these double backs and things like this. Which yeah, I don't think this this scene was was something that they had in mind when they 
were writing the show initially, which is dumb. <laughs> it's just something. It just seems like such a terrible way to write a show. So, yeah, I, I mean, and we're gonna we're droning on this a bunch, but it's it's just the fact of, and this is clearly a case in both versions. This isn't just like the dub making an oopsie whoopsie. We made a little messy wessy. No. We're getting our code monkeys on it to fix it right now. Like this is both both. It's both of them messing up, and that's the thing that's infuriating me because, like, it tends to be a thing more of like, oh, like the dub kind of messes it up, and usually it's not too bad. Sometimes it is, but it they they tend to course correct. It's like you 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 can't course correct it because at its very core, at the very core of it, it comes from something that was done by the team who made it for the sub. Like you can't fix that, and it is such a large retcon. It is such like a large. For me, at least, it is such a large issue. Not a deal breaker, but it's just such a mess up, and uh, it's maddening to me. It's funny that you mentioned the way, like, the difference between, like, this issue and, like, the dub issues, because, like, I feel like the dub, for the most part at this point, I think they've done a pretty good job of, like, course-correcting their one major issue, which was Davis. Like, I think at this point, I don't mind Davis at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly small things of, like, oh, like... They mess up on this dialogue thing that has like this impactful choice or like on X Y Z, but normally they fix it or it's small enough where it doesn't matter. This is such a major, major issue. Yeah, in this moment, I don't get that impression. But but based on everything you've said, it's like it's clear that it does continue to snowball because they can't leave it alone. Which I'm gonna I'm honestly kind of fascinated to see because I just don't remember much. Like I know what's coming up soon. I know we're getting like Black Walk Raymond. I know we're getting more DNA forms. I know we're getting Imperial Drummond. Like, I know sort of what's coming. I know we're going to get Arakunimon uh, and her idiot uh, uh, podcaster boyfriend showing up at some <laughs> point. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, The actual, like, particulars of everything is kind of... It's so distant to me now. Uh, uh, God, when did, when did... How old was that when I watched Digimon Adventure 2, like, properly? I think it was, like... Oof, getting on for, like seven years ago now or something like that so i i don't remember i don't remember jack like i think i watched tamers immediately after and that's completely like washed over most of what i'd watched other than the world tour the digimon world tour as well which i am i am looking forward to but yeah the yeah all this stuff's kind of just distracting should we talk about the actual what, what I'm gonna episode? what I'm gonna call the actual episode, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. We we've gone on for like half really... an hour about this. I'm just I'm just tired of talking about this. This last thing at this point. <laughs> last thing, uh, Mimi's outfit <laughs> is really adorable. Her like weird it. hat, and she she's just styling as always. Uh, Ty, please get more than one outfit in your closet. Thank you. Everyone else, you're doing good. Oh yeah, sorry. We're going about we're going about Mimi. Yeah, Mimi I was saying ta- ta- Mimi's outfit. It's not like a bucket hat. It's like a. It's a bucket hat. It's not as buckety as TK's hat. <laughs> it, it, it's still on the bucket spectrum. It's like it's like yeah. low bucket spectrum. Look, slow. Plus, plus okay. she pulls it off. She pulls slow. it off. She can slow. pull off here's anything. Some, here's some homework that I think we need to do by the time we get to the end of, of this series. Um, we or oh, I'm going to be honest, more accurately, you. Need to put, need to put together a list of like <laughs> you need to rank all of Mimi's outfits from like oh the okay w- I'll do best that best to worst yeah because 
I want. I'll do I'm, that. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. Yeah, I can't. Honestly, I lo- okay, I'm not the most fashionable person, but I feel like I would probably have opinions about some of these. Um, I know that you're probably going to put Perm Mimi somewhere near the bottom. Um, it's not canon. Yeah, I also think her original outfit is kind of silly. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, can I also rank Kari's and Yoli's outfits because they also have some pretty good outfits? Sora uh, just has like uh, one outfit basically, so they get nothing. Or she they don't really... <laughs> They don't really have a lot of outfits, but if you feel like it, I mean, what does Kari, like Kari has the same outfit through uh, Adventure, and then she has she has a summer a pink, outfit. Uh, pink yeah, she only has like two. Com- like Yoli has more outfits. Okay, maybe I'll yeah. I'll just work on these like, for in, now. In, tr- in try, I think I think Kari literally just has the schoolgirl outfit, like that green one, <laughs> really ugly, ugly school uniform. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess I guess that's the same as uh, okay, yeah yeah that's the same as what Ty wears in this. Oh, I never thought of that. Anyway, uh, yeah the, yeah you do that. Let's get to the actual then, episode. Uh, we'll, I'm gonna we'll I'm gonna we'll rank we'll Mimi's outfits. So by the end that. by the end of this by the end of the series, I'll rank Mimi's outfits for the podcast. Sure, that sounds good. That, that, that's just a fun idea. Okay, uh, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> but yeah, I I did like how everyone had different outfits except for Ty. He's <laughs> 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 just like no, he wears the same thing because merchandising. He's Ty. Yeah, if they made him wear a different <laughs> outfit, they would have to make some sort of merch with him in that outfit. And I'm guessing they were just like, "That's true." Let's not. So <laughs> his closet just has multiple copies of the same blue shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he buys he buys a, his clothes in bulk. He's a cartoon. <laughs> he's a cartoon character. That's that's how the wardrobes look. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just ask Jimmy Neutron or whoever. Um. Yeah, I think Pedro so great. cool. He is. He's so cool. He it's, just shows think, up and he's like, brap, 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 brap. <laughs> I think he might be my second favorite design in this entire series after Stingmon. He's Stingmon, really solid. Stingmon's incredible. I love, I love it. But Paladromon's just XVMon wearing Stingmon's armor, and that's almost as cool. Yeah, it's a yeah, cool. Like, it, I, I really like the fusion approach to that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's just enough from each Digimon plus like a little bit of its own thing going on. That like it works really well. Like the other yeah. DNA distributions from this series have kind of a problem where it's like they don't really mesh the designs of the two well. But Pile Dramon, like, perfect. <laughs> and then yes. Imperial Dramon is like, hey, would you like bigger Vmon? Because that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I do I think that like that's kind of a problem that a lot of media has. Because like ever since I was younger and watched, you know, Dragon Ball Z on, on TV for the first time. Um, like just like the, the idea of like fusion and that kind of stuff has has been really fascinating to me. Like because it requires, I think, a very deft um, designer's eye, I guess. Because yeah, you you have to represent two characters in one without having one overpower the other visually. And I think that yes. Pyeldramon is the only one in this series that pulls it off really well. Because almost every other one, like Omnimon, is it has almost nothing visually to do with either of its components except for the the its you know, hands being the heads. Oh, that's, that's why Omnimon's so cool, because it has this really sort of, like, um, it's it's exaggerated. I was going to say minimal, but it's not. It's, it's exaggerated, but it's, like, it's a, it's got that white body, you know, which is fine. The head design's very iconic. And then just having the the two elements of the War, uh, War and Metal Grimon be its, be its, like, weapons... It's it's just really really cool to me. It, no, it is it is super cool, but it's just like it doesn't 
it kind of takes the easier route where instead of trying to reconcile the two designs, it just goes with a, a really cool new design yeah. that has little to they do with do the that. other two. You're right. They can do that once. Like they yeah. can literally they, they couldn't or they, they can, with, I'll, Yeah. Yeah, I'll get I'll give it to them twice because Chaos Mon is a similar concept and it's friggin' amazing as well. Um but yeah, like I think this is aside from from those two, uh, Paladron is the only one that like I think does a really good job of representing both of its components. Because when you look at like Shakomon or Sylphiamon or whatever, like there's very obviously one that overpowers the other visually. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the um, what's the what's the what's the one that looks like Kaido called? Oh, that's the, the Shakomon, yeah. Sh- Shakomon, yeah, yeah. Shakomon yeah, so is that- the little clam clam buddy. Sorry, is it not pronounced Shako? I thought it was Shako. It's, it's Shakuo. Huh. At least I remember it being Shakuo because Sh- Shakomon is like that little clam with the little gooey gooey thing inside. Isn't that Siako? I think that's... The, I don't know. I think that's the Japanese... Uh, it is Siakomon. No, Shakomon is the is the Japanese name for Siakomon. So I'm wrong. So disregard <laughs> okay. me. Shakumon, okay. Right, yeah, that's its name. I thought we come with B for some reason, I don't know why. That thing is like nonsense. I like its design, but it makes no sense. I think it's really cool yeah, it's... because it's like, it's a combination of elements of, you have the holy elements of Angimon, and you have the, like, the, the obviously you, it's like made of clay. So it's like, got that element. oh, uh, well, it looks more metal in this in this design, so maybe, maybe I'm, misforget- I'm forgetting that. But it's got like more of a earthy element to it, I suppose, which is, yeah. I guess, comes from comes from Ankylomon. It's not great in, it's, in that sense. I, yeah, it's just more like I think it's a fine design. I think the problem is it's just it's too abstract. Like it's taking the abstract concept of Angelmon and the abstract concept of Ankylomon instead of like actually combining their designs. Think about if there was like a whole like Magna Dinosaur Mon. It's a thematic fusion rather than a rather than a like a literal fusion, uh, which yeah I think's cool, but I think they should be consistent. Like I think, I think yeah, even Sophiemon has a more literal fusion. Yeah, but that's than... and and that one is too like that one is just a weird offshoot of Gatamon. Like that doesn't feel oh, like I have I have words about Sophiemon, both good and bad, that we'll get to. But <laughs> yeah, we'll get to. I'm that. excited but, but, to get to yeah. Sophiemon. I think what yeah, uh, what's really weird though is that they introduced a, a mon later on called called Slash Angemon, and it actually looks a lot more like a, a plausible combination of the yeah, two than I could see that. Shakomon does because it's yeah because it's it's got the like the the armor and the you know the spikes yeah. or whatever that um Anklamon has while having like you know the humanoid angel look that Angemon has and its mask even kind of looks like Ankylomon's, uh face as well. Is even a gold version? Which uh, anyway, yeah, anyway, I, point that would be way better. I really like Paiudramon of like as like a version of uh, you know a, a, a much more straightforward version of the fusion of the fusion concept, which I, which I I do dig and yeah, it is it is the top of the line. That's far. I like the elements that they add to it, which like Stingmon and V and Xvmon don't have, which is like the, the guns, the, the, like <laughs> the guns. <laughs> yes. The guns are so like, cool. obviously. It, Can we just? It makes sense because like you, you have Stingmon, and that's kind of like. You know, he doesn't have guns per se, but it's kind of like a similar effect, I suppose. Um, and Vimon has the laser, so it's like laser bullets yeah. things. Yeah, it's kind of it's 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 a. I think it works magically. Obviously, we're used to Digimon just randomly getting guns as they Digivolve anyway, and and it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I I really dig it, and uh, I like his fight with uh, Aku Akuyamon. Aku Akuyamon. I'm never gonna Akuyamon. get that name right. 
Akuamon. There we go. Desperado Blaster is such a good attack name, too. Can we just all agree Desperado Blaster is such a good attack name? It, it is really good. good. <laughs> What's the Japanese Love name it. for that? Uh, Death's Parade Blaster, I believe. Yeah, it's Death yeah, Death Parade Blaster. So Death Death Parade becomes Death Parado. <laughs> That's a really cool localization. I, I, yeah, I it's really, it's a it's really a better localization that. in my opinion. Yeah. It's really cool. It works really cool as a really cool name in English by itself, and then it's a really good like romanization almost of the original name. So um it's much the same effect. So yeah, that I mean I'm into that. Uh, very mm-hmm. much. Um and um, I, I, I really like can I can, can I just say that I really like this is a trope, I'm sure of it. But there's a thing where, like, they go into their new cool super form and they start fighting the baddie, and everyone's like, "Well, that's awesome! He's, you know, he's kicking ass. He's got this cool form. That's awesome!" And then they have to turn back to the characters and say, "Like, you need to go do this thing. Like, you need to go <laughs> get crest of kindness into that." I feel like that's a trope of some sort because um, I think I feel like there's something similar that Goku does when, like, he goes Super Saiyan for the first time and. He has to tell Gohan to like get the Dragon Balls to leave. or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that trope of like the, the badass new form just turning around and being like, "Hey!" Like they they just don't care at all. Like their 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 eye is completely on the prize, and and that's that's always a great trope. So <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. like, I really yeah. enjoyed seeing that with. Paolo. I also I really I I didn't remember I couldn't remember but I. I liked being reminded of how dynamic this battle is too, because it's not just like a slobber knocker. Like they're not, they're not just trading blows back and forth. As soon as Pedrawan starts kicking Okuwan's butt, he changes tactics, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, he's like going underground, like he's he's playing dirty. Yeah, the, the second he starts getting overpowered in a straight you know battle of attrition, he goes, "Okay, time to hit and run." So he starts yeah, like burying underground and only coming out to do a dirty hit and then dragging him underground and whatever. Like it, it's really good. It was cool. It gave it gave the the battle a different tempo than most uh, battles in the series have, and I, I like that a lot. Yeah, same here. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I, I really like that. The although they are like they make a point of being like they're not real Digimon, they're just mindless things. Um, you know, they're just control spiders doing stuff. It's like I like that they can still like know how to fight and also aren't, aren't just like completely unaware of their surroundings I, I, I didn't mention it in the previous episode because we got caught up in other things but like I really like the scene where like you have Minotauromon just smashing the bridge and then as soon as Rajamon comes close he just gives just him like, the, like, him. like downward spike and just <laughs> knocks him the F, F away <laughs> his down, really down air the, yeah the down <laughs> yeah he just <laughs> gives him the forward aerial and, uh, and da- Davis yeah, just it's... gets smacked into the river TK's like hey buddy having fun with that swim <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, so I really like that they are they are kind of actually competent rather than just you know like school grade morning it up or yeah. what have you. The 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 one thing I missed from the sub, like I think the, the, all of Paladromon's cool in the dub. The one thing I missed from the sub is in the dub it exclusively talks with both voice actors at the same time. So you every single line is Derek Stephen Prince and Paul Saint Peter talking over each other. Um, instead the sub makes it seem like they're two brains inhabiting one body because it speaks separately in both voices at different times and only speaks with them at the same time when it's calling attacks or talking to the same person basically which is yeah which is interesting it's like it'll say like something like kind of like more cool and laid back as in Stingmon's voice and then something more hot-blooded and intense in Vimon's voice I don't know how I feel about that and then when it's talking to Ken or Davis it'll use both voices at the same time I, I kind of like the combination of, like, both voices, because, like, it's kind of a cool audio effect when they get it right. Like, there are some times where it's, like, one will overpower the other and, like, they're mixing or whatever. But, like, it's it's a cool idea of, like, these things have become one, so, like, their voices are kind of combined and, like, they 
speak as one unit as opposed to like switching off and on like one's like mom said it's my turn to have the brain cell <laughs> see i i think it's cool that like they alternate because it i just love like the 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 concept of their like this is the the representation of their teamwork that they're kind of like pacific rimming this body almost like they have to like work in tandem to do yes, it and sometimes yes i was i was so thinking it, it's not even that right so the DNA digivolution, that's one thing. But if you want to talk about Pacific Rim, can we talk about Ken and Ken and Davis both moving in completely yes. same motions? Like, <laughs> that was really I, was I actually really they, enjoyed that. Yeah, I was waiting for them to address that in the in the actual dialogue, but they never did. It was just like an animation thing. The yeah. most the most you get is like, like that scene where TK is like, We can't get past all this rubble, and then they do like independently do vaults over it in the exact same like at the exact same like tempo essentially and yoli's just like i guess they didn't hear you yes it's such a good scene <laughs> they're too hype yeah that, the whole that whole stuff was like really funny and i did like now i don't know if this is supposed to be intentional or not. i get the feeling it probably was but this is they have the moment where like yeah they're in sync for most of it and then as soon as like ken starts getting in his head again that's when like uh Pyodramon starts sort of like failing a bit and i didn't know if that was intentional or just something that happened Oh, we need to have like a down moment in this fight where like it looks like, you know, the the odds are turning before like the heroes eventually like get to the win. So that was that was interesting, and it reminded me a lot of like um, I'm trying to think. It reminded me of a similar moment in uh, uh, Last Evolution Kazuna with the uh, where, where there's like a scene with Omnimon where there's a very similar sort of thing that happens with the fusion. So oh yeah, okay. I kind of I kind of dug that. So yeah, it was really interesting. Like I think that's such like a I doubt we'll see anything like it later, but, like, the idea of, like, the Digimon combining and then, like, their actions sort of going in sync as, like, they're super, like, hyped, like, like rushing to get this job done. Like, it's a really it's a really <laughs> yeah. cool thing. Like, and it's a shame that we probably won't have that again with either of the other pairs. No, no. Like, this is very much just the new the new gimmick, which I, I think it worked really effectively with, like, the Davis and, and Ken relationship, as it were, like, and, and like, his continuing, Ken's continuing character development. Um, I'm resistant to call it Davis's character development because I feel like this is just him and how he's always been and how he'll always be. <laughs> but um, yeah, it works well with his. I can't mm-hmm. see. I, I I definitely do not recall any sort of like meaningful kinship happening between TK and Cody, for example. And it just it does just kind of make me wonder, like, if this can happen between like these kids so readily, why didn't we see anything like this in like the original series? Like, obviously, we saw TK, like Ty and Matt eventually figure out DNA digivolution, but it took, a, it took a lot longer than uh, like a while. So why what you're see, saying I, is, I, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to like Mimi and Joe maybe. Here, but yeah, god damn it, you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, why couldn't we see? It could make sense. They had Joey. they had the chemistry. They had a good yeah. They 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 were sharing a lot of episodes and scenes and so on together. Like you know when Mimi was there, Joe often wasn't far behind. Like or even you could have done it with like Izzy and Ty. Like they were they they weren't all good friends. So um, a bit strange that they don't like have some sort of plot device to justify why digi- DNA evolution is a thing now. Like you even have this whole scene where like Izzy gives his lecture about like one hundred and one <laughs> DNA evolution and opens it in like how. It happens in a way that would mean it couldn't happen before. Like in it the Pokemon happens. games, game game yeah. In the Pokemon games, Game Freak are very good at making sure that new evolution methods were impossible in the previous in the previous generations. Um, so that's a thing. But yeah, I don't know. it's yeah, it's 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 a, again, it's a minor thing, but it does make me think. 
God. It would be really cool if, like, you could see, like, say, like, uh, the, like, the different combinations of the new kids, like, have DNA evolutions besides just, like, their set ones. That would have been kind of yes. cool. Obviously, not enough room in the series for it, but, like, no, give I me Super Mega Angel Angelomon. It's just I two angels. I disagree, like, there, there is, yeah, exactly right. That could have been incredible. Like you have a, you have a situation here where like you have two, you have all these episodes which ultimately are going to result in some sort of like monster of the week type battle and so on. There is absolutely room in there where you could fit in some sort of like, even if it's just arbitrary or throwaway or whatever, it's still be fun to see like, oh, what happens if like Yole and Cody, you know, what what happens if Ankylomon and and Aquilomon fuse like. That'd probably be something cool. Um, yeah, obviously Gatamon and Angimon. Like, what, what the hell does that do? Like, that would. Be... It just becomes like the biblical, uh, you know, gender ambiguous angel with like a million with, like, eyes and yeah. fire all around. I'm, I'm really here for that Ca- angel cat girl or something. Like, give give me give me Eldritch <laughs> Horror and Angigatomon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that'd be that'd be weird, right? Uh, like, what a Stigmon yeah. and. Uh, Gatamon look like again. Just use that example again. Like I want to see Stingmon and Angemon combine. Yeah. Oh god, that'd be some sort of badass like Lucifer type thing. That'd be really um, cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. So like they could have done more stuff like that just as like throwaway. The real the real reason, of course, is is budget. And also if you make something cool like that, you have to make merch of it. So Yeah, that's the same reason why they don't mix and match armors, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, the armor thing is like because there's so many eggs in the armor forms. Like, I can sort of see why they, why they, why they like set a limit. But yes, it would have been cool to see, uh, and it would have been cool to see because the ones that they do when they start doing that stuff in the games, where you can attach any armor to any Digimon and get a cool form, whatever. Um, some of those armor evolutions are not good, <laughs> as, as we've seen. So I thought that was. Uh, we don't speak about Panchomon. Yeah. We'll never <laughs> speak about him. Yes. Prairie one's cool, but that's that's about it. Um, so I'm like, yeah. You know, uh, you know how they made that um that 3ds game Dragon Ball Fusions that was just like, yes. any character confused with any character. They should just do that again. That would be so cool. Oh, I'm here oh, for that. I've got, I've got a question for you, just because we're on the fusion question. You know, one the point about fusions, and and we already even brought up like voice actors speaking in sync or not speaking in sync. as it were. Like, which is your favorite? Uh, I'll pose this to Scrafty uh, and, then, and then Sloan. Uh, which is your favorite, Gogeta or Vegito? Um, for design, Gogeta. For personality, Vegito. That is fair. I like Gogeta's hair, and I like how broad he is. Like Goku and Vegeta are both pretty slim. Like they're they're slight, even when they're like you know buffed up and they're and they're super saiyan forms, or whatever. Like they they don't get much like larger in statue and stature rather gogeta feels like he's huge like both times he appears like he is tall and wide <laughs> yep i he i feels think, like a big boy i think um i think vegeto just looks too much like gohan for my taste so, um that's kind of where that falls apart for me but um i think gogeta i think in broly i think gogeta has a really cool personality but I don't know about him in anything else. I've not seen him in anything else, to be honest. Well, so. he's the only other thing he's in other than that is um, the Janemba movie, where he he only appears yeah, for like two minutes and doesn't say a single line aside from calling his attacks. <laughs> well, he's in isn't he in GT as well? Which 
Oh yeah, I, I sorry, I, I willingly re- removed that part of my brain. So <laughs> can't I was say, if we're count, if we're counting Fusion Reborn, we're counting. We have to we have to count there. <laughs> we have to count that. But I really liked him in Broly because he's very he's very arrogant, but like in a combination of like the Goku and Vegeta ways. And I kind of wish you had a similar sort of merging of personalities here with like XVmon's aloofness and like Stingmon's more like cautiousness or what have you like as it is they just they just feel like every single other like ultimate level digimon where they're just quipping and blowing stuff up and when they get hit they're just like yeah like god are you are you ready for sulfimon and having to hear you know ed miriam's um Eartha Kit impression clashing with neil kathlan's like extremely gravelly at kilomon voice i'm so ready i i don't know that's cool i'm so ready DNA Digivolutions <laughs> are so weird, and I'm here for it because it's something new and weird and ridiculous and very Digimon in style. Yeah, I like. I I really wish that they would have kept this up because in like when Fusion was announced, I was excited because I was like, oh, this is going to be an entire series where this is the only evolution mechanic. But that's not what it is. It's basically just like a, a combining Super Robot series with the Digimon's name on it, essentially. <laughs> yeah, they, they they had they had an armor. Sorry, they had the armors for the first half, and we've got. DNA for the second half, so um, kind of would have been cool if they found some way to merge the two concepts. But uh, you know, it's it's fine. you. It's funny you say that because they actually do do that eventually in Fusion. <laughs> oh, okay. we'll get well, there when we get there. Yeah, yeah but I'm not. Yeah, uh, the point. There, the problem with that is that, like so. F- Fusion's version of Metal Gramon is is a, a a DNA evolution that also becomes an armor evolution after that. Yeah, the problem with that is that I'd have to like care about the characters of fusion and from what little i've seen of it i'm not sure that's going to be that easy to do so um, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see it's we'll not see. it's not we'll awful I, it's fine it's fine okay okay we'll, get, we'll get to that in a distant um millennium um, it's fine it's fine i think before we wrap up and talk about this episode can we talk about the creepy like dark seed hr giger hallway that they go through. <laughs> uh, I for, I forgot all yeah, about so that, we, and I hate it. It looks so squishy and gross. We got another instance of the Dark Ocean getting drops, uh, getting mentioned. So like, only only sick. in the was... only in the dub as well. And the sub, it's so funny because Kari has the flashback of, um, of the Dark Ocean. She just goes, "This seems familiar." It's like, <laughs> it's "Hey, so Kari, weird. what are you thinking about? Uh, Nothing." I, well, I was about to say that was still a plot device that was in like motion or like in in, in play i should say yeah but basically yeah. what you just said i'm not so sure <laughs> uh, it, so. No, it definitely was she still flashes back to it and even in the sub just in the dub in the sub she doesn't acknowledge it like okay so you're goes, about like literally mentioning it right okay yeah, yeah um yeah like she she flashes back and then she just says huh that was weird <laughs> <laughs> that's really silly that's Reminds me of a lot of our talk about uh, Hurricane Touchdown and how sometimes the characters wouldn't talk like they're human beings. <laughs> like I'm just specifically thinking now of Kari being like, Mimi's just vanished before her eyes, and she's just like, uh, it's like uh, I guess she went back to the anime design. theory was oh, Kari yeah, yeah. to be a sociopath. Yeah, Joker Kari. Uh, Joker Kari. <laughs> oh no, that's not the episode title. We live in a digital society. <laughs> <laughs> She got what she did. You deserved. <laughs> okay, no, no joke. So at all. distressed. Um. Okay, yeah. Uh, I find the ne- yeah the, again more nebulous talk of like a notion of something that is the darkness or whatever. Um, which again, 
I'm assuming we'll 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 figure out what that actually means in the final version of the plot. But as of right now, I'm just kind of like I'm fed up with hearing the word darkness. I feel like I'm watching Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, not kind of kind of hoping we get some. some At least some Kingdom Hearts up. finishes its plot threads. Does it? Okay, so. Tom, what's what's more frustrating to you? Tar- like talk about nebulous fantasy wor- words like darkness and chaos and whatever, or extremely like existentialism one hundred and one, like characters being like, "What's my purpose? Why do I exist?" What's more annoying to you? Uh, um, I mean, because yeah, because these these two websites have a good bit of both of those. Um, I I don't know. I, look, in, I guess on paper, I don't mind. I, I'm more, I'm more open to like the ex, like existential dread or that sort of thing, or like you know, kind of being emo about it, about that sort of thing. Because at least that's like emotional. Like if you're just going like talking, like talking around concepts like light and darkness or whatever, you're not really saying anything. We will, like, we will see how you feel about that once we're done with Black War Greymon. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Black War Greymon. War Greymon, even. Um, he is, yes, he sticks in the mind as a very uh, a very annoying character. I feel so, I feel like they they paid Steve probably. Bloom to show why do I exist in a microphone once and then looped that one line like 20 times. It's like, it's like that sure was an easy day in it's the like, booth. They took, they, took, they took what was basically the coolest Digimon, like, let's be real, like, in War Greymon. They, they painted him black, which... Amazing, even better. Like I'm thinking, like kids growing up in you know the in the yeah, 90s. That, yeah. that design like, still slaps. Way, I, way I still love badass. that design. It's a good design. Yeah, they took all that and then they gave him the world's worst personality. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to see if I was true about that because yeah. the feeling. I got Greymon. His personality feels like like what a a middle schooler thinks is cool, <laughs> like a middle schooler <laughs> who's just discovering, um, you know, Shadow like nihilism. Yeah, like who. Who's who's Jay? Who's just like read a quote for a, a misattributed Nietzsche quote on, on Google <laughs> Images, and has decided to base his entire personality on that. He loves. He we loves live the in Rasmus. a society, Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he shadow shadow the hedgehog. Basically, <laughs> he's got he's got great. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just picturing a freaking picture of Friedrich Nietzsche with. Can you see all of me walk into my mystery <laughs> next to his face? Yeah. <laughs> Oh That's my good. god! Okay, I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna make that the the episode title card again. <laughs> no, we're gonna it's save just, it for actual that, just, for when he actually that, shows it's just, up. It's just that one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just that one picture of like just Sonic just dying on the floor while Shadow's like <laughs> on uh, like posed above him with like a fucking AK or whatever he's got. <laughs> he just it's like Sonic can be War Greymon. And Shadow is 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 Black War Greymon. Um, God. Yeah, I can't wait for those. Is that going to be soon, or have we got a few episodes to go before we get to? Black we've got a little bit to go. Yeah, we've got a little bit to go. We're, we will, it's, it's not until like near the end of this um, control spire arc that we start getting Black War Greymon, but that means nothing to me. But I will just, I will just say, okay, if it's not next episode, then hopefully the one after. But we'll, yeah, I, I, I will wait uh, with. Uh, no, yeah, we we have a little I'll bit. Wait patiently for that. Yeah, yeah. Um. I find Ken's insistence here that he shouldn't... No, I find Ken's reluctance here to still be part of the group kind of a bit, like, odd. Like, I figure if there's any point where he does actually sort of, like, throw his lot in with the group entirely, it would be in this moment, but 
Um, I'll, I'll wait it's and see a where little, he's a little silly. He's kind of silly, kind of silly. But it's it, I'll wait and see how it goes. Like the the, the hmm, yeah the, that that sort of decision. But I did like the conversation at the end where he's he's more he's speaking more like rationally or well or calmly or whatever than he was before. But yeah, he's still got his doubts and. I like what they do with Davis here because they they have him in a position where they almost like turn the tables a bit where rather than Ken being like too standoffish or whatever or or like you know they kind of turn the tables from the end of the last episode where you had Ken being way too yeah way too standoffish way too woe is me now you've got Davis kind of just being like we should be friends friends and then he's just like whoa <laughs> I'm just I need to think about this <laughs> and the other guy and the, and the rest of the team just being like yeah you, you maybe 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 calm down maybe calm down a bit and we'll uh, we'll see if, we'll see what he thinks later yeah it's yeah like, when... can't can't ask him to marry you after the first date <laughs> exactly yeah yeah well it's not that mm, I, I'm trying to think this is their third date and is it well I mean, you have the episode with, you have the episode where he saves Ankilamon. Okay, from, that's yeah, that's first. And then you have the the dam episode. Okay, that's, okay yeah, it's, it's the third date. The third date, and so, they yeah, Dam- up, so Davis they have, is perfectly they, justified. <laughs> third date, and then then they combined. So there you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's totally following. That's, that's yeah, what it's that's what it's called when you get to home base. You DNA they, to Javolve with your with your significant other. Davis Moving is, on, Davis is being a gentleman. Um, he, you know, he, he, don't DNA did evolve on the first date. That's what they say. Um, they're going to say don't DNA did evolve and tell, which also would be, you know, it, it would also be good. Also, yes, but they kind of just did it in plain sight in front of everyone. Kind of, kind of freaky, but you know, I'm not Ace King Chamber or anything. So, anyway, moving on. Um, moving uh, on. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing else to say about this episode. Shame. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. We, I like seeing the the baby yeah, baby versions of Vimon. I love Leafmon. He he looks so cuddly. He looks so cute and just sweet. Leafmon's great. He's got a, he's got a little pacifier. Yeah, I enjoyed that the Vimon baby form has like a completely different voice and personality to, <laughs> to uh, Vimon or Demi Vimon. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. Like just just get Derek Stephen Prince and pitch his voice up or something like. Yeah, like maybe the maybe they just want to give him a rest because he <laughs> he already pitched his voice up for Demi Vimon. They're like, we don't want to make you ruin your voice. And he's Ken, so you know. Yeah, he, he puts in work. He puts in work. Yeah, he, he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot. Yeah, all good, all good stuff. Should we close the chapter on this significant chapter of zero two then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a fine, fine couple of episodes. Our, our, you know, our grapes aside, these are still fun to watch. I still am very much enjoying this series, and um, yeah, like better I, I'm, than expected at this point. Yeah, I, I think that it's a testament to how, like, how enjoyable it is that even despite this stuff that you know does bother me, I, I'm still enjoying it. I still like it. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm finding. At this point, I was ready to. I was expecting to a fully clocked out, clocked like clocked out of the show by now, because I just, I just, I just expected it for some reason. Just lose all momentum immediately once you got past the Ken stuff. And there will definitely be moments in this where I'm just like, I think the show has gone off the rails in terms of plotting or whatever, or pacing and things like that. But no, not actually the case. Overall, I've been pretty happy with 
everything so far. I got the feel, you know, that the, the levy is going to break any moment now, and and, and I'm, we're just gonna get into nonsense. I'm sure, but we're not there yet. So, I still really like the characters, uh, even if I do give Cody some grief over his his paranoia. Hey, you're, it's valid, and I understand. But... Okay, I I forgot. I I, didn't, I said I was gonna mention this later. I forgot to mention it in this episode. Um, Cody's paranoia in the Japanese version is so much funnier because. In the English version, he just says like, you know, you're still hiding stuff from us. Like, what do you? What's your plan? In the in the sub, you know, they 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 go like, oh well, it thing like, are are we able to trust Ken now? And then Cody just stares at him and says with venom in his voice, "Well, I guess you stopped the explosion." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's so funny because this little kid is so salty that this guy isn't as evil as he thought he was. <laughs> like he is he is straight up bothered <laughs> by Ken being a good guy now. Kids hate being wrong. It's yeah. true. So it's it's a lot to get over. So <laughs> it's kind of kind of makes sense. Um, but no, I like that. I kind of wish yeah. I kind of wish they brought that into the into the into. The, I can imagine him saying that in his voice, just like like through gritted teeth <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I I'm not, not going to. I can't do impressions, but like I can just imagine him doing it. So um, yeah, very very good. Yeah, it's it's nice. I I like. In the Japanese version, even though he's a lot more quiet and polite, they still give him really great moments like that, where he just gets to be, like, a little brat, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good reminder that he's, he is the youngest of the group, even though he acts the, mo- the most mature, like, half the time. So, I want more Cody content. I hope, I hope, I hope we're not going to just be at a dearth of that as we as we move into... We'll, we'll, we'll get our Cody content. Don't OTD. worry. Yeah, okay. I think our Yoli well is kind of getting close to drying up. I want to say, <laughs> yes, she's had some good moments recently. Had, but no, like, yeah, she's yeah. had great moments, but I, I hope, think I'm we're hoping starting to come to to co- we're pulling into the Cody station. Yes. Oh, that's one last thing. Right, last one last thing I want to mention: the end of this episode where you have Yole like. She brings up like Omnimon. She's like, "Oh, I was there watching Omnimon on the computer," <laughs> and Iz- Izzy immediately tells her, "Uh." I'm talking here. Like <laughs> um, I'm talking sweaty. I'm talking yeah. here. I'm talking here. <laughs> like, uh, uh, well, I w- I will not finish with my story or whatever. It's like, all right, uh, all right, is he calm My down. computer like, program. Yeah. yeah, you're not online. You can't talk, actually talk to women like this in real life. It's not really the wrong thing. Uh, you know, I really like her revenge as well at the end of the episode, where like she just like. I can't remember if it's her or if it's Kari, but like they, she just like shunts him out of the way or whatever as they're about to go in the digital world. Like yeah, she, it's like it's, it's Yoli. She's just pushing the chair. <laughs> yeah, just like get the fuck out, <laughs> like we're off. Yeah, not to relitigate that whole scene because yeah, we we spoke more than about that. So one um, last thing, just kidding. There is no one. We have covered all last things with these episodes, and I think. If there is some last things we should cover, it is some rear mail. How does that sound to you both? Sloan, uh, where uh, where can we where can we uh, send our rear mail to if we wanna we wanna ask some some good questions to our favorite podcast? You can either DM us on at Digi-Novacast, Our DMs are open, or you can send emails to digynovacast at gmail.com. What's that? What's that email again? That's D I G I Novacast at gmail.com great thank you i've written it down and my 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 fingers are tip tapping away i'm going to type out a message for awesome for my favorite podcast that's right that's, now that's going to be on the test i've got my blueberry uh i've got my palm touch 
uh, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm writing I'm writing an email on both of those things. Okay, perfect. Um, yes, absolutely. So we have a message today from uh, Kyle K. Thank you very much for your email, Kyle. And Kyle is asking if you could take any two of your favorite mons and Jilgress them, what would the, the result look like? And what would its powers be? Ooh, that's a good question. I think for I think to 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 narrow this down a little bit, make it easier, they should be two mons of the same level. So it's not like you can it's not like I could be like, let me fuse Terrier Mon and War Greymon and make War <laughs> Terrier Mon. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be two of the same level. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's difficult for me because like Chaos Mon's already a combination of two of my favorites. Because <laughs> it's, it's Dark Tremont is my all time favorite, and Boncho Leomon is one of my other favorites. So let me let me think. Let me give a big think about that. Okay, I'm gonna start with uh, Gargomon and Stingmon. So it would have like the cool Stingmon hands, but they have like the the, the mini guns on them, and he could like, mm-hmm. punch. He could he could spiking strike and then like shoot a bunch of bullets. I think that'd be really cool. And he's still wearing pants. He's still wearing pants. He still has a bandolier, but he's like kind of like slimmer. He's a little more svelte. He's got like the bunny ears, I think. And I'm doing like punching motions with my hands, which you can't see. It doesn't translate well to a to an auditory medium. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, Sting Gargomon would be would be my choice. Hmm. That would that would be cool because I think there there are actually insects that can like shoot guns. Out, like not, not not shoot guns, but like <laughs> I was watching um uh, the David Attenborough documentary Our Planet on on Netflix a while back, and there was like this this kind of um caterpillar. Like can like shoot out like Spider-Man webs, kind of. Oh, that's cool. Like it just like launches them out and it ensnares its prey or its predator, and then it either goes up and eats it or just gets away. Yeah, so maybe you can you just could base do that. it off of like that kind of bug. That'd be pretty See, cool. That's my Sting Gargomon. That's my new Digimon OC character Mon. I was thinking of Gargomon. Uh, you can I'm still use Gargomon. Yeah, I'm not going to change mine because uh, I want to do Fujimon and Gargamon. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good combination. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, they're very two very simple designs, so I think there's lots of possibilities for like merging them together. Fujimon wearing jorts. Um, <laughs> two cooler <laughs> concepts. No, actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not actually going to say that. I'm going to say his when they digivolve, when they when they merge, DNA DNA digivolve. Um, he doesn't get jorts. Uh, he gets a denim jacket. Yes. I don't know why. I'm feeling this idea. Um, and he gets... Um, he has a chain gun. But like, a, a, rather than it just being like on his hands, he just he just carries it. Like, it's just like a lateral chain gun. Uh, so he, so he's the heavy. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking of the heavy. Like, he's, he's, a, bit, he's a bit taller than he is usually. Um, he's got... Uh, He's got Gargamon's or Terrymon's like ears. He's got that situation going on, but like in snow, like a snowy form. Uh, and he's got boots. I'm just imagining like he has like big, a big boots on. Yeah, like like a, like a steel-toed boot or. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, something a bit more like heavy duty, pr- practical or realistic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like some like military military type get up or whatever because. I'm kind of, I'm kind of imagining him in that sort of situation. I was like, yeah, a bit, a bit of a heavy, yeah, yeah. Um, I would not even remotely uh, presume anyone would do this for us, but uh, I'm just imagining this picture in my head, and now I think I want to like, commission it or something. 
have to. <laughs> that just He'll great. be our new Excellent mascot. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes, that can be. Um, uh, um, yeah, we'll just call that FIFA Who Lads Mon for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when we get to when we get to Tamers, we'll change our, our icon to that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> also, it's free. We have free, to use. Free we have to use the blue card. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, Scrafty. What's your idea, Scrafty? Uh, so I, I've given this some thought. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Bancho Leo because I, I think uh, that that thing's awesome and lends itself well to um, like Jogress type stuff. Um, and there's another member of that group uh, that's Bancho Lilimon. I'm not sure if either of you have seen it. Yeah, before. I've seen. Like, I love Bancho Lilimon. Yeah, it's like Lilimon, but like a black flower uh, in like a you know a punk outfit. Um, and I would have them um, become like a like a dandelion themed Lilimon, where like. The dandelion like petals are like a lion's mane kind of, oh, but it still like has that. like the cool like delinquent outfit and whatever, um, and to attack it like launches off the flowers like little like their little, little little like fluffy seed pods kind of. That, that I think that'd be really cool. I dig that. That's a good idea. Because um, Leomon uses like a yo-yo as a weapon, and Leomon uses like uh like a like a, a big club type thing. So okay. it would be cool if they, you know, they come out of together and they have like a flail or something instead. I like that. That's that's a really good idea. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's just I. I don't have very much detail for it because I was like frantically like looking through my list of my favorites while you two were talking. <laughs> you you could call it Dandelion. <laughs> nice. I like how you put some uh, like long considered thought into it, and me, I was just like me, like Frigimon, Gargomon, what if jeans. <laughs> yeah, and just I don't know my brain eventually leaked that out, uh, <laughs> but I love it all the same. So there you go, two 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 very good insights to uh, to our thought process and and Sloan's as well. Which so we have, yeah, we have Sting, we have Sting Gargomon, we have FIFA Hulazmon, and we have Dan- Dandy Leomon. I'm calling it because it's like a dandelion. Yeah, it's probably I kind like of spiffy. And he's got the Leo, but it's like Dandelion. So yeah, I like that. That's a good yeah, let's, trio. Let's of uh, let's let's invest some money and get these get these uh, made real sometime. Yeah, I need to I need to think of an actual proper name for mine. <laughs> it's not it's not being called that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, hey Biden, uh, give me yeah. another stemmy. I need a oh, commission. Let's snow, snow pants, mon. <laughs> yes, yes, that's good. Gar snow, mon. No, no, I don't like that. <laughs> let's move on. Have we got any more questions? Uh, that, that's all for this week, but thank you very much for that question, Carl. That, that was a fun one. That was that's um, a really good. I like question. thinking about that kind of stuff. It's always it's always a good time. Uh, so thank you for for heeding our uh, our call for questions, especially making it like themed around this episode. And yeah, if you've got anything else that you any of you listening want to send, uh, our inbox is always open. Check them on in. We get through little fun things like this. Uh, maybe get some some new running jokes slash uh, podcast characters out of it. So yeah, exactly. Yes. So I think with that. We're gonna start wrapping it up, Scrafty. What have you been up to during our two, like two week break? Uh, honestly, not a whole lot. I've just been enjoying my time off from from work. Really, I go I go back to work uh, as of recording um, three days from now. So that's sadly coming to an end. But my my past two weeks have basically just been um, I beat Paradise Killer, which is a fantastic game. Yay! I don't know if it's really you good. Me too. Already. Yeah, I Me played too. that. I pl- yeah, I I played I played it over the summer uh, over, over the summer. God damn it! Over the, over the over the break, I think um I think Sloan is well ahead of us, and and played it a while ago. Is that right? Yeah, I I got it when it launched. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So you've both played it. Um, I, contrary to what my my Twitter gripes uh might have communicated, I I did adore the game overall. I think that its first and final acts are, are phenomenal. I think that there's a part in the middle that uh, lulls a little bit because of the structure of the game. Um, yeah. Because I I think part of it is my own my own mindset. I approached it as if it was going to be like a Phoenix Wright or Danganronpa style, like. You know, you do a little investigating, and then you confront people and get them to cough up the truth uh, by presenting evidence. What I was not expecting is the much more realistic approach of, even if you show someone irrefutable evidence that they are tied to this crime, they're not going to cop to it that easily. <laughs> they're just like, going to tell you to screw off. Nah, go away. Nah. Sounds fake. Yeah, like, the, the funniest and, and most frustrating moment of the entire game was when I literally found, like, a murder weapon at a scene that could not belong to anyone but one character. And I talked to that character and showed them this, and they go, huh, how about that? <laughs> oh, I, I think I know exactly what character yeah. you're of. Uh, but yeah, there, there were multiple like that, um, and I really find it interesting. Um, that game is fascinating. Like, it's such a... So many people make comparisons, and it's so easy to like look at it as well and think, oh, it's Danganronpa, or Danganronpa even, or, or whatever. Um, but it's, I mean, it's like, there's a bit of that in there, there's a bit of Phoenix right? obviously, there's a bit of Mist. Um, I said on Twitter that it, a lot of it reminds me of like Crackdown, just because there's so much like open open world item, item collecting you, you can do if you're so inclined. <laughs> and like the devs literally saw my message and were like, huh, we've never thought of that comparison before, but I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you bloody do, because you basically put orbs all over the entire map. Like, um, it's it's so cool, and I really have so many thoughts about the ending, which initially I was so like sort of like. Oh, okay. I was—I thought it was a bit of an anticlimax, and then I just started thinking about it more and more and more. And like with regards to the game's themes and so on, it's like, ah, oh, this is brilliant. This is really cool. So, yeah, I was. Uh, see, I felt the same way. I was let down mechanically by how the the trial functioned, but narratively, it was so cool. Yeah, that is my exact yeah. thing. Is if you go into it expecting like a Phoenix Wright or Danganronpa style trial, you're kind of going to be really disappointed. But, like, everything else around it is really good. It's just that it does not play out, like... It plays out like a, like a trial would in real life. It's just like, yeah. okay, here, here's this, here's this, here's this. This is what person A did. This is what person B and C did. It's like that, basically. And it's, yeah, it it's, works. It's not like... Yeah, it's not like Phoenix Wright where you present evidence and then the suspect breaks down and admits to it on the stand. It's yeah. You present evidence, the suspect says, that's not true, and then the judge decides which one they believe. Yeah, the judge says the suspect says that's not true. The judge says, "Okay, we're going with you," and then denounces them guilty or whatever. And then the suspect <laughs> just goes, "Okay, we'll stop this." I'm them, 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 and we're in it. Yeah, well. it is. It is it's, so satisfying so and funny to see people who were like super steel faced the entire game break down immediately under pressure at the trial. <laughs> like people who are like threatening you and and you know like acting super obviously suspicious and then as soon as you pin the smallest thing on them with the trial they instantly just sell out everyone else involved it's yeah. so good that's a really good game i'm glad you liked it it's yeah it is it's it is quite possibly my retroactive game of the year of last year because it's one of those games where i i beat it about five days ago now like i beat it like i i kind of beat it in three days because i got so engrossed in it like i uh the the the, the second day i played it I was so like caught up in investigating and finding new leads that I think I stayed up to like almost five a.m. Like it was, it was wild. I just got so sucked into it that I lost all track of time. Um, it really scratched my collector footage, so I, I definitely put way too much time into it. Like, than like I 
intended to. And because of the way, the way the game works, you can often end up like encountering clues or like just just being like, oh, I'm near this person, and it says I can ask them about something. Yeah, just, like there was. I'll just do that. There, yeah, there, there was one point where I was like getting. I thought I was getting close to the end of my play session. I was like, oh. There's uh, a little, like, a pink crack over on this cliff. I'm going to go check that out. <laughs> I think you both know what <laughs> yep. I'm talking about. Yep. 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 That was a, that was a, that was a whole... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the game so, just entirely changed. Yeah, so after, <laughs> after that, cool. I, I couldn't not play for three more hours because I had to figure out how everything connected. Yeah, like, right before I got to the trial, my Switch was, like, was like low battery, and I'm like, I don't want to wait a few hours, so <laughs> I'm just going to dock my Switch and play on my Switch on my TV for the first time since around launch, probably because I want wow. to finish oh, oh. this game. I'm like the I'm like the one Switch user that seems to use it like equally between t- TV and handheld. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I know that feeling um, when you don't want to stop playing a game. Yeah, so this that, is that's, now a Paradise Killer so podcast. Yeah, I've, been, I've been playing that. I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight as well. Uh, one of my good friends uh, gifted me that game over the holidays and. I was initially apprehensive because the last time I played the game, which I think was back in like early 2018 or so, um, I was not super impressed with it. Like it was super janky and um, didn't have a super good selection of, of characters or even mechanics. Like it just felt very, very much like the poor man's version of the Friday the 13th game, which was already very janky itself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not a flattering comparison. <laughs> but the, the changes they made since then are like... It's kind of ridiculous. Like this is like a No Man's Sky level of turnaround from, oh, wow. from before. Where okay. like it's super slick now. It's extremely fun. It's got good matchmaking, so like you're not gonna be stomped every every single match. Like I am not good at this game, but I still win a decent amount just because it's good at matching with people around the same skill level as me. Okay, that's good. And I, I really have to applaud the level of faith like faithfulness and personality they give to all the licensed characters, because like there's their, their own stable of, like, original characters do not steal, who are obvious, you know, rip-offs of Sadako from The Grudge, and, um, you know, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, so on and so forth. Um, but then there's a bunch of, like, the licensed characters, like Michael Myers from Halloween, and Freddy Krueger and whatnot. And Pyramid all these Head? Char- yeah, Pyramid Head, I forgot, yeah, there's Pyramid Head in there as well. Yeah, it's and so cool. all of these characters play like you imagine they would, based on their, like, their source material, which is really cool. Like, Michael Myers literally has a mechanic where if you st- stop moving and if you find someone, but instead of stabbing them, you just stare at them, it increases the little gauge. And once the gauge is full, you get stronger and faster. <laughs> nice. So it, That's awesome. it actively incentivizes you to recreate the, one of the, the, you know, the most iconic scenes from the movie because it gives you a, a, you know, in-game buff by doing so. I think that's such a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. And that sounds great. Um, Ghostface from from Scream has a similar mechanic where he's very sneaky, like he sneaks around, and he's the only character in the game who can lean around corners, and if you lean around a corner and see someone, you can lock onto them, <laughs> and doing that uh, gives you an insta-kill against them, as long as you hit them within the next, like, 30 seconds or so. Oh, wow. So, it's 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 fun from, from both perspectives. It's fun to have that power as the, you know, as the killer, but if you're playing as a survivor, it's also fun, you know, looking out in the distance and seeing Ghostface staring around the corner at you because it recreates like the feeling of oh crap like an actual horror movie does. Oh, they put the they put the demo Gorgon from Stranger Things. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's in there too, and I think he's the only one that I've played that like is a little bit disappointing from a gameplay perspective because oh, okay. they they can't make him you know as ridiculously broken as he is in in canon because that wouldn't be fair in a game where ideally <laughs> the survivor should be winning half the time at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah of course not. 
So instead, his his only real mechanic is he can create little uh, portals to travel through the upside down to different parts of the map. Ah, nice. Which is cool. It's just a little bit less um, interesting than like you know Michael Myers being incentivized to recreate scenes from the movie or, or Ghostface, um, you know, being super sneaky and stealthy. Uh, just being able to teleport isn't quite as inter- interesting, especially since Freddy Krueger has a similar power, but it lets him travel through dreams. So if you knock someone out and put them to sleep, you can use them as like a portal to the dream world. That's okay. Badass. Um, yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. They need to add like, I don't know, Nemesis or something. <laughs> that, I, I was actually, I was just talking to a friend this morning about how they should add Nemesis to the game. <laughs> yeah, or Mr. X. Maybe Mr. I feel like ever since Resident Evil 2 remake, I feel like Mr. X has kind of taken the shine off of, of Nemesis, to be honest. It's and, true. It's true, yeah. They gave him more personality and a cooler design in the remake than the Nemesis has, so. And then Resi 3 wasn't, didn't sound like it was that great, so in the, in the remake version, so, yeah. Anyway, either way, though, that would be cool, or like, you know, Dr. Salvador from Resident Evil 4 or something. Or, or, or no, wait, no, the bloody, um, the guy from 7, uh, Jack, right? So oh, the, yeah, Jack, uh, the the mold guy, yeah, Baker, yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. Anyway, yes, that game seems really fun. Every, every single time I've seen anyone like play it on Twitch or whatever, I'm like, huh, this doesn't seem like a complete hot mess like it did originally. So yeah, I, I I'm markedly impressed at how um or sort of remarkably impressed at the market improvement this game has made. Brilliant. That's always nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did based on um, my experience with it in the past, but I think in the past like week alone, I've already put let's check Steam uh, fourteen hours into it, so that's a <laughs> that's pretty you good. Know, that's pretty an good. average of almost two hours a day, so that's that's pretty uh, pretty good t- sign of how much I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's all. That's all I can really think of. That's all I've really been up to. Um, I've been kind of on the side. I've been replaying uh, Ace Attorney Investigations two with a friend. Uh, that game is still one of the greatest games in the series. It's such a shame that um, it never got localized. If you have the means to to play it, whether it's like you know on emulator or if you're lucky enough to get one of those custom made carts off of eBay or Etsy that people made with the localization <laughs> installed on the actual cart, uh, play it. You will not regret it. It is super good. Just don't stream it, or Capcom will come out to your house and break all your furniture or whatever. I, I don't <laughs> know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen that new like policy they've said for yeah i now, think which seems fair, i think i think but... people i think people are a bit overreacting to it yeah, yeah like yeah the the stuff like the stuff on there is basically just saying just don't upload an entire game yeah that's which i which i kind of get although long plays are kind of like a useful thing i, I don't know I think, if, I think if they apply that stuff... long plays are fine as long as you're not literally uploading the entire game in one chunk sure i think if they're like if it's someone like doing like i don't know Mega Man Legends 2 or something like that and they enforce that kind of policy that's a bit like really yeah but like if it's like Resident Evil 8 or whatever it's like yeah okay totally yeah like Capcom's always had a pretty um a pretty lax policy for uh like social media stuff because like they've they've had a lot of these rules in place already they just updated it with a few more rules because like people were freaking out about oh you know one of them says that you can't upload videos using mods it's like no it's just specific mods like there was one um, channel that uploaded Street Fighter matches, but because that's not interesting enough on its own, they always dressed everyone up in like a sexy, exploitative costume that were usually pretty gross. And <laughs> oh, you mean the you mean the, you mean the costumes that Capcom sells on <laughs> for themselves for like Laura? No, I mean ones ones even more tasteless than that. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. I just I did, I just have to get that jabbing because some of those costumes have been kind of like gross in the past. <laughs> so some of them have. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, yeah. 
you're totally not wrong. Some some of them have been very gratuitous, but the I'm talking ones that are even more gratuitous than yeah. that, like ones that like I don't know how any human being will be able to wear that costume in real life and not feel immensely uncomfortable, especially while fighting. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, the I'm kind of costume like... where these characters would not be able to perform the jump maneuver without you know the costume falling off. Well, I've seen like the nude Mister X mod for like Resident Evil Two, so <laughs> like, I understand. I understand what these people are capable of. So. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff they're going after. They're not saying you can't make mods. They're just like you can't misre- misrepresent our product with mods, yeah, essentially. Of course, of course. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the the biggest part of that is just like don't don't you know put stuff like that on the internet as if it's you know the original game or whatever. So all in all, I think like obviously restrictions on what you can and can't post suck. But of the restrictions we've seen, these are pretty reasonable. Like these aren't even near as like half as bad as Atlas's old ones, where it's like you can't you're not allowed to stream past the second hour of play of this game. And if you do, we <laughs> yes. will send cops to your house to break all your furniture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in, con- so in conclusion in conclusion, uh hashtag free street fire five. Okay. Um in, in conclusion, Capcom uh, is a land of contrast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love that phrase. Yeah, so that's 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 all I can say about that. But um, Tom, what have you been up to? What have you been what have you been doing this this, this uh, special break? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I say, I play I play Paradise Killer as well. Um, again, amazing game. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, I played through. I, I've been playing little bits and mobs there. Like I played through Florence, which is a really sweet, like very short, to the point, um, like uh, like interactive, like comic i guess is the best way to describe it like it's it's mm-hmm. not even quite at the end because there's not that much dialogue um or, or much of any really it's just more of like a sweet like romantic comic strip and uh well it's romantic there's a bit of sadness a bit of romance there's a bit of like it's very little sort of like life affirming so it's very it's very sweet it's got a very it's got a great art style it reminds me a lot of like it's kind of like a mix between like uh quentin blake's like uh royal doll book illustrations and the the style of like the Perry Bible Fellowship webcomic, um, right. so it's it's very uh-huh. it's very very nice like hand drawn graphics and that and it's, it's a few like clever puzzles in there and stuff. So that's that's really sweet. That's been on iOS for ages. Uh, it's, it came out on Steam and Switch, uh, PC sorry and Switch last year. So uh, I finally got around to playing it after picking it up for like three pounds and um, it's great. Yeah, it's very nice and. Beyond that, uh, I've been playing some Smash Brothers with Sephiroth. He's cool. Um, interesting character. Um, definitely one of my favourites of the DLC batch, other than Banjo and Terry. So, yeah, I, I think he's great. Uh, I hope when I hope when he uh, when tur- like when tournaments are allowed again and when things start up, we see more play of him. Because that's the one thing I've been really missing this past year. I feel like for for every major fighting game, I haven't seen like any of the DLC characters that have come out in them get major tournament play because you, you haven't had the opportunity to practice them in an off on an offline environment because like no one's gonna learn Sephiroth yeah. in Smash Bros online like just, you just can't. Yeah, I, I saw. Um, I mean, people do like lab it out and stuff, but they're, they're like you know they can yeah you can only do so much. So I did watch over. Uh, I think it was last weekend. I saw. Um, I was just happened to be on Twitch and I follow uh, VG Bootcamp, which is like um, uh, like Gimmer's um channel and he was doing yeah i i have used so one of one of my duties at my job is finding um the best esports games of the week to to make into a like a a montage or a compilation and they're usually one of my best sources for that so thank you (laughs) bg bootcamp if you're listening 
Yes, um, they they are great, and uh, he was uh, hosting a invitational of sorts online, of course, for um, for Sephiroth, literally Sephiroth only, um, and it was like they had a few plays in there, like you'd recognise, like uh, uh, I think Hungrybox was one of them, um, MK Leo. Um, so, uh, thankfully, it didn't seem to be any uh, any of the. Uh, Outed Smash Bros. players. I was, I was like, every, every single time I, break, I decided to look at some ultimate footage from the last year, I was just like clenching, like, I really hope these more references were exposed previously after a part of any of these streams. Thankfully, not uh, for the most part. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did. It was a, it was an invitational of good, good players and uh, all playing Sephiroth, and it was really fun to see them like sort of get into grips with that character and his reach and his like skills and so on um basically it was a lot of it was a lot of like a match of of just of just this so that's my me, me clicking my fingers if you can't tell and, and <laughs> yeah, it was just a lot of that because that's like sephiroth's like neutral move i think is it just, he just clicks his fingers and then um like oh, a okay, dark yeah. aura spills out from him like for a split second so it was just a whole load of that <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. That's just, great. Uh, he just turns every match into a jazz club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I I really enjoy him, but I've not been like playing online or anything much really. And uh, so yeah, no, I uh, I've done that. And then there's uh, I, I just uh, I got thirteen sentinels, so I will be playing that probably over the weekend. Uh, well, starting it over the weekend. Uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to dig into that. Yes. Nice. I'm excited to play that eventually yet uh, as well. I. Found a $20 Sony gift card in uh, an old drawer, so <laughs> thankfully that still works, and I think I'm going to put that towards uh, 13 Sentinels. Perfect. Yeah, I think it's, it's been on sale recently, so I don't know if that's still the case, but but yeah, there'll be lots there. Yeah, And other than that, just like the usual mobile tap, like to Mario World and stuff. So. <laughs> um, yes, um, always something like that. So, what have you been up to? Uh, so I haven't been up to much. Uh, I started getting back into Stardew recently. They had the 1.5 update. That's still pretty good. Uh, I might start a new farm soon. So I guess I'll see how deep I fall into the Stardew hole because that game is still just very fun and cathartic and just nice to play. A uh, little bit of Grindstone. Still living that game, but I've been playing a little bit less. I haven't been playing my Switch as much. Uh, started Sakura Wars. That game, I'm only like partway through Chapter 2. That game is really good. That game has such a good like vibe and aesthetic that I am, like, super excited. Like, I really want to, like, just spend, like, a few hours and, like, get through, like, a bunch of it because I am really enjoying that game. It's very interesting so far. It's still taking some time to, like, sort of get going, but I'm excited to see where it ends up going because the the climax of the first chapter was very good, so I'm I'm ready to see more. Who's your favorite and why is it Anastasia? No, it's it's Hatsuo. Anastasia is still good. forever. Look, Anastasia is still really good. She's like my second place, but Hatsuo is also like she's got the good personality. Anastasia's a little icy, like <laughs> still a little bit like aloof. Sorry. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling it yet. But Hatsuo, she's she's fun. Okay, I can't remember who I went with. I think I went with Sakura in that because it just sort of made sense, like for the plot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> for the plot, for the plot. Um, okay, so don't expect much from the story in Sakura Wars. <laughs> it's very. Um, I need to stop using anime as like a slightly pejorative term. Derogatory. So, uh, yeah. So uh, anime it's, it's parenthesis very, derogatory it's parenthesis. It's very, <laughs> it's very fluff, fluffy. Like it's not much. It's all like it's emotions and vibes and stuff. But in terms of actually like the plot or whatever or the villains, it's like 
literally does not matter. So there was like there are some there are some turns in that in the story um, which are kind of interesting, but like for the most part, it really does derive off of how much you like these characters. And I played it early this year, early last year. Because uh, it was like an old school Sega thing, and whenever an old, old school Sega thing gets revived, I'm always there, like to see what the heck it is. Um, and yeah, I I did like it for the most part. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite games of last year, but it it was something where I, I saw it out to the end, and I did like the characters for the most part. I found some of it to be a bit leery in, in spots. Um, some of the character designs are obviously insane, <laughs> but but like. <laughs> Um, Anastasia, I'm, I'm thinking of specifically, um, but um, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. I'm not ex- I'm not expecting a deep story, but I'm it's it's fun so far. It seems fun and interesting. I'm excited to see how things yes. go, and it's got like a like a very nice '90s vibe to it. Exactly, especially yeah. like that climax of the first chapter where they're they're getting to the hangar and stuff. Like that was like a very fun vibe, and I was tweeting out about how much this game suddenly rocks out of nowhere. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the combat and all that stuff, um, if you weren't already aware, is like all brand new to this entry. Because, like, I, I, yeah. Before it was a strategy game, which I, I don't think I would have taken a second look at this game if it was a strategy game, to be honest. Um, but I. It's it's serviceable, which I don't need much more than that. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's like really. The combat honestly reminds me of like Lego Star Wars. It has that kind of like really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, su- it's super easy. It's so easy. Um, but. I don't. I think if it was that difficult, I get the feeling it'd just be frustrating more than anything. Without some like much better like combat design or level design or both. So yeah, I don't need it to be difficult. I'm just having a good time, like slicing through things and get, getting getting hype, cool hype moments with my mech. Yeah. If for some reason you want to collect all the cards um, uh, on New Game Plus, it just they it just they just literally show up on your map. So. If, you, oh, if that's okay. something you actually care about, just go finish nah. it. Nah. I like the art, but <laughs> we nah, I'm good. I got I got no. plenty okay. of games to move on to after that. Still, <laughs> I saw cool. more than a few games uh, waiting. Got to get it started on Age of Calamity and 13 Sentinels 2. I have to play that pretty soon because cool. I got that also. So I'm excited to play that. Sweet. All right, let me know when you start because then I want to... Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll have someone to like, chat with you who hasn't who hasn't for, beaten the oh, game. Definitely. And it's just like, ooh, just you wait. Which I I feel like <laughs> that's most most people who finish that game are going to be like, like that. So um, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. And that's really it. So next week we're going to be covering episodes twenty eight and twenty nine. Two of my favorite episodes from this series, if, as if I remember them correctly, they're two very good episodes. I'm looking forward to that. But wow, this is a this is a meaty episode for a meaty fusion. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Novacast. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. <laughs>